Welcome back to the Academic Podcast. As always, I'm your host, math teachers, Jay, and doing as always is my co-host, Embezzling School Funds, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. They always do that. It's Do they always? A math teacher in my school did that. Like legitimately? Like legitimately. Like for, like what, uh, like, I assume lost their job? Like Yeah, no. It's the, uh, court situation? What's that? Like? I think, as far as I know, he was fired. It's that Hugh Jackman movie, you know that It one? is a Hugh Jackman movie, but he was a superintendent. He wasn't a math teacher. Yeah, but there was a couple people wrapped up. I think it was, yeah, I guess, I think it was mostly him and then his, like, administrator. And then there's the Kevin James movie where he's a teacher, does MMA to raise money. Oh, yeah? And then all the funds get embezzled. It's revealed that all the funds are getting embezzled by a math teacher. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess they'd be good at it, because numbers, right? Yeah. They, I mean, it's always them. It's, like, almost too easy. <laughs> if you're a ma- it's almost too easy if you're a math teacher to steal the funds well yeah because you're like well someone can trust you with the numbers but like, these numbers don't look mm-hmm. right you'd be like well you're a fool you, you don't teach math here you're a I don't know art teacher what do you know just a football coach yeah and the, and the history teacher maybe yep usually yeah usually most right. of my football coaches were gym teachers yeah yeah well yeah well. good for them anyway uh, Oscars happened that's right they did Woo! The, the Academy Awards. Academy Awards. I think I tried to figure out the number, and I was like, 95. I was. Oh, that was 95. I was, I was mumbling it through like you do. Hmm? I would never mumble you know, through. we do the titles, and you're like, yeah. I just make up a confident title and make you forget everything you've even thought of. So, it was 95th? Yes. I was going to say that, but it seemed too high. It does seem high. Hey, we're coming up, you know, slowly but surely on the 100th, I guess. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100 years of this bullshit, huh? Oh God! A bunch of assholes just just really jerking each other off. Yeah, patting themselves on the back, jerking each other off, really scratching the back, whatever. Insert scratching the here. back that feeds them. Um. Well, the long and short of it, Jack. Let's get right down to it. It's yeah. just the movie we wanted to win a bunch of stuff did, and that's all I really cared about. Oh, so. I love that. Everything, everywhere, all at once won seven of eleven. That's pretty all right. Oh, we yeah. can't really ask for much more. No, not at all. It won director, editing. Original screenplay, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and best picture. So yeah, sounds about right. And my mom remarked that it was the first movie that she had seen in theaters that had like won an Oscar or like was up for like best picture. Like best picture. Yeah, was, best picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and like before, instead of like before, it was like nominated. Not like yeah, oh, it's yeah. nominated. I got to go see this. I feel her. I think it. Probably the same for us. Yeah, because last year we did we watched a bunch, but it was because they were nominated, like Nightmare Alley. Which, and... which dumb shit movie even won? It wasn't no. Power of the Dog, was it? No, no, that one didn't win. I oh, I looked it up. <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck. <laughs> Hold on, we'll look it up. We're... Um, three. It's got to be a record for googling. But on nothing the show. like speed with which you say the quickness we already had to break. Yeah, out the the, the quickness we had to Google. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I think that probably, that likely applies to me, too. Because, yeah, I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum, but Oscars aren't really, you know, the best picture noms and, the and like, popular movies don't really meet anymore. Um, this oh, yeah. is kind of one of the first um, times in, a, in at least a minute that this has happened. Um, and for it to, to be so successful, to win so many of them, is really cool. Coda won. Coda, that's right, that's right. When we didn't and see. The, one of the ones we didn't actually end up watching. We saw a lot of them, though. Yeah, I was looking at the list. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, we've talked, I don't know if we've talked about this extensively on the show, but once you get into a lot of the different Oscars, um, and, and you kind of spread them all out, like, I guess they're, I guess people really thought this was like a, just a really solid film top to bottom, oh, yeah. which I did too, but I just, I don't know if I necessarily would have thought it would have won all of these. 
Because we talk about this, right? Like, there is kind of a somewhat nebulous distinction between, like, best picture and then, like, well, best director. Because it would kind of follow almost that most of the time the best director would make put the, out best, the picture. best picture, right? Mm-hmm. But there is, on, on a, you know, some level, a distinction there. I don't know if you and I are at the point where we can necessarily appreciate all that. Not even close. I feel like I'm not, you know, because sometimes yeah. I'm like, well, surely the best screenplay is also the best movie. Again, like, I feel like I I feel that way a lot, but mm. whatever. This one got direction, um, screenplay, and picture, which is, like, pretty... Oh, and editing, which, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the best stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if your directing is the best, your screenplay is the best, and your editing is the best, that's, that's most of... Surely that's most of the movie, right? Yeah, and then your lead's the best, so... Uh, well, yeah, that too, I guess. It's a little, like, cherry on top. Um, in terms of that, that's probably one of the big ones. I think if I had to pick one thing for everything everyone wants to win going in, it might have been um, best female actress for female actor, whatever the, they actually call it now, mm. for Michelle Yeoh. Um, and she did, so that was a really cool one. Um, evidently, she's the only, only the second woman of color ever, ever to win um, an individual Oscar, I think. Or maybe it's just um, just best, you know, best female actor like the top one right yeah um because that seemed like the kind of thing that like because the women of color usually play the secondary yeah. roles or like, i guess it might be like non-white i don't know people get all ornery about these kind of things but i think the i think the only other one people are referring to is Halle berry hmm, right who won i think for catwoman yeah yeah probably i think it was monsters ball maybe um and we talked about i think when when we were talking about the noms that there was this other lady back in like the fucking 30s yes yes uh, so i think we did i remember that i remember her name god rest your soul but listeners you can go back and listen to the episode as you already have i assume but yeah uh in terms of best supporting actor that was also a really great one do mid curse one is it supporting actor or supporting actress supporting actor oh actor right uh i never yeah key. we struggle yeah, he's got a, he's got three different names and all of them are three parts of his name. Never get him. Our white tongues can't get it. I think it's probably KQ Kwong. Also known as Jonathan Key Kwong, maybe. No. So something like that. But we everyone knows what we're talking about. Um, yeah. He was great. I mean that's that's quite the story. I mean it, it might even be more impressive than Michelle Yeoh's. I mean she they obviously both were really, really good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. In terms of that, I mean they both deserved it. But it's just it is impressive coming from uh not having acted since you know, yeah, the, since you were a child, the '80s. So that's pretty cool. I don't think it's literally the first movie he's been in, but it's first notable one. I I would assume. Yeah, it's very much like his. Because uh, he was in the oh, he was in um he acted in the '90s. He was in I think Encino Man yeah, with Brendan Fraser. Right, you're right. Because you see, I see all that stuff going around with the two of them. Oh, that is cool. Oh wow, that's that's neat. Yeah, because I didn't even think of it like that. There's some I saw some roundtable interview they were doing with like all the I think all the, like the actor nominees like Austin Butler and all those guys. Uh huh. And they talked to like uh, Kihun Kwan talked about how like he saw Brennan before they started like shooting, and he was like, "Hey, yeah, we're still here. Like we made it. Like we stuck it out, and we're go- we're up for Oscars now." And they both won. And then there's that they have like a tearful reunion when they both got their Oscars. That's you know, good for them. I mean, no, we say we hate it, and it's nothing, and doesn't matter. But it meant a lot to them, and that's we like them. That is cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Good way of looking at it. So yeah, uh, it says. At the very least, she's definitely the first Asian um, actress to ever win Best Actress. So there's that. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. Whatever. Um. What do we What do we think of Best Supporting Actress? So we got Jimmy Lee Curtis in there, right? Um. Which I think she certainly did good in the movie. Right. right? I, w- I got nothing against that. Um. Mm-hmm. I gotta say though, I do. 
I don't know. If, I don't think. I don't think she would have won this year. That's all. I don't think she should have won that movie. I'm just gonna say. It. So I don't. I really don't see how she would get the the win over uh, the Stephanie Shu. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Putting aside even any of the other movies that were up, it doesn't feel like a a fair, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know fair. If, I don't know fair enters into it for mm-hmm. any of this. I'm just saying wouldn't have been my pick. That's all. I'd have to agree. I would have. Th- I definitely thought. And I, the thing I said is like, and I feel like there's some truth to this because, um, again, the Oscars are all bullshit. It's just all of them voting, right? Yeah, I think for people forget that. I didn't know that's for the, that for the longest time, right? That the Academy isn't some nebulous like outside body. Yeah. It's just all of them who are there mostly yeah. who get to vote or who live in the Hollywood area. So, like, and there was um, there's this like article I was reading going around about like some of the responses. I don't know how they got access to this, but it was basically just showing how ignorant even some of the Academy members are of this stuff. Mm. Like, just being like, oh, I don't know, man. The whale's gross. <laughs> I don't like the whale. Like, I haven't seen the whale, but everyone says it's a good movie. Like, it's yeah. like, I've only heard good things about it. To just be like, I don't know, it's kind of gross to look at, so. Uh, and, like, just shit like that. Like, they, again, they're not any smarter or even necessarily more, um, you know. On the pulse. Yeah, and and don't even necessarily have that much more like refined so to speak of like a movie you know of a palette even for cinema than your average person necessarily so they have dark shit takes just like the rest of us oh absolutely but um you know i i feel like because of all of that like the jamie lee curtis win is almost like a lifetime achievement kind of thing it's like well we all know jamie lee curtis we all like jamie lee curtis right she ought to get one you know she's getting quite up there we're like the only thing you can say about stephanie Shu is that she's obviously very young so she still has plenty of yeah, career ahead of her and this movie will no doubt boost her offerings especially being not only being nominated in any movie because just being academy award nominated they put that shit on a movie trailer these are and the uh, new guy Ritchie movie for jake gyllenhaal he's in the it mentions in the trailer that he is and then this movie won all those other oscars so it's like she's always connected to that yeah it's a good jump regardless like yeah even being nominated is is a is a feather in your cap so yeah, yeah absolutely but yeah i don't i just again Jimmy Curtis was great, but the, she was the best supporting actress this year. Mm-mm. Again, I don't. She wasn't in that movie. Mm-hmm. I think Stephanie Hsu should have got it. the other big upset. Was I think even more people were upset that it wasn't Angela Bassett. Right. Yeah. I did, um. Did see some which I mean, about that. we never really. I don't know how much we talked about that. We did talk about when we saw Black Panther that there was like a lot of buzz around that. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they really actually gave her the nod. Um. But yeah, then she didn't win. I. I don't know. I think if I had to pick of those three, I don't even remember who all the rest was. Me neither. I think I would still lean towards Stephanie Hsu. Yeah. But I understand that there is an optics thing there of like, yeah, you, it went to Jamie Lee Curtis over the over either of them, um, you know, being like a... The old Nepo baby. An old white, white Nepo baby. Yeah. So, whatever though. What yeah. are you going to do? Nature of the beast in a lot of ways. She did thank her parents or something in her speech. I it's like, like well, the, of course you will. Yeah. Nepo. You better. The first Nepo baby. It's better than not. Yeah, better than like pretending, because we know, we know now, we've seen through your lies, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, we know what we know what you're talking about. So you got anything else to say about the Oscars? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, perfect. Good we... wins for everyone involved. Yeah, and by got... everyone, I just meant the one we wanted the to one win. We wanted to win, and we'll be back next. I'm really year. surprised. I really am, because I kind of thought there's no way. I'm like, even though everyone likes this movie and it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz, it's the one we liked, and I think it's good and has mainstream appeal. So of course they won't like it. Oh, but they did. Thank God the Banshees of Inishar didn't win. That movie was boring as sin. It was kind of boring. Yeah, it was. It wasn't my favorite. No. All right. All right. Well, I could take out of that into Creed. Yeah. Okay. So we saw Creed three this week. And I saw Creed one and two this week too. Yeah, let's run through those real quick in the lead up here. What do you What do you think of Creed one and two? I guess before that, actually, let me do this thing I do. 
Which you got any relationship to the the whole franchise as a whole prior to this? You seen any Rockies? Uh, I saw the first Rocky the day before we saw Spider Man No Way Home, and all right, cool. And <laughs> when I was watching it, I was I started having side effects from my COVID booster. So as I was watching it, I got very cold and shaky, and I was like, "Well, this is this is strange." And people I was watching with, we kept remarking that, "Oh, you know, it only took Sylvester Stallone three and a half days to write this movie," and oh, you can tell. Oh boy, can you tell? Uh, but I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, but I haven't seen the other ones. But I'm not against them. And I liked Creed. Uh, one and two. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Rocky. Uh, well, I mean, it's a classic, right? It's got a it's got a pretty definitive place in pop culture. Oh yeah. So Jesus Christ. Oh no. You just shot me. I've struck you under the table. That was accidental. Oh God, I'm bleeding out. Oh oh Christ. Um, you don't get any context for that, anyone. <laughs> if you saw it, you would have loved it. It was all in the visuals. <laughs> it's a visual gag. Uh, but yeah, Rocky's good. The first two are good. So uh, the first one's very much like the setup to it all. We get the whole kind of backstory for Adonis, Creed, and stuff, which is mm-hmm. interesting and cool how it relates to the rest of them. Um, I like the second one, I think, quite a lot, actually. So I guess you've not seen Rocky Four, so you wouldn't know. But you get the I've seen most some of, of the context. I've seen clips of Rocky Four. Yeah, you get the idea. So in Rocky Four, Ivan Drago kills Apollo Creed in the ring, yeah. and then Rocky goes to Russia and beats his ass. He if he dies, he does. For America. And he did. He very much did. And um, so then Creed 2 is kind of a retread of that to an extent, which is like, I don't know, on some level, it's like, it feels like just about the easiest sort of yeah sequel to do that you could do, right? It's just, well, it's been enough time. We'll just do his son versus his son, right? It, it almost feels lazy. And I feel like it could have been, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that I would say that it was. I think that movie's like really quite good. And yeah. I think the big strength of it, and maybe the standout element of it, is that... Uh, they they make such good use of Ivan and Victor Drago. And yeah. They are they really are like the secondary sort of character. They're not just the the sort of we see them on their own. Yeah, they're not just the generic villains in that one. They have like an actual arc to themselves. That's maybe as compelling as um Adonis's, right? Yeah, I really I really did like especially at the end. Spoilers, whatever. When uh all the like the his mom or Victor's Victor's mom. Yeah. Yeah, Victor's mom. Victor's mom leaves, and all those like oligarchs leave. And his dad's the only one left, and then he like saves his son, and it's like, no, nah, it's all right, I got you. We're we're yeah. family, especially because I mean, in the past couple like year, right? Everyone hates Russians even more than we've had in a in a while. Oh yeah. So yeah, all those like those Russian like elites and oligarchs and shit, fuck them. They're terrible. And like, yeah, then you realize like, oh, my son's important. Fuck mm-hmm. the approval of all these assholes who never actually cared about me, anyways. Mm-hmm. Right? They cast me out as soon as I was no longer like. Of use to them, of use irrelevant or whatever. And my fucking wife left me. Why are we? Why are we trying to win these people's approval when I got my son here who I love and care about? And that's all that matters. And they they like run at the end, right? Yeah, they run. They're running together at the end. I liked at the big. Uh, like how quickly they get to the meeting of them. That was good because that's very easy. Something they could like kind of drag out a little bit, but they got right to it. Like Victor meets. Um, no, Ivan meets up with Rocky like immediately at the beginning of the movie. To, like and die, like they split them up to meet each other, and then they mm-hmm. come back together, uh, which I liked. Oh, yeah, and then they're friends in Creed 3. Yeah, they're just kind of buddies, which is cool. Um, Okay. Oh, so what? Do you, uh, let's say, what do you think of Rocky in those movies, in, in Creed 1 and 2? Um, he plays a big role. I like him. I think he plays a better role, I think, in Creed 1, but I like him in both of them. And then he's not in Creed 3 because he didn't want to be in them. And they went, I won't do it if you don't put me in it. Uh, if you do another one, they went, okay. And they went, goodbye, Special Stallone. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. That whole thing, I must say, um, because he does have that more—I don't know, 
like ownership over Rocky than just he wasn't just in them. He wrote them. It's it his, his thing. Yeah. So it is kind of a shame the way that all shook shook up for him. But uh, yeah, he's got a good arc. The first one is him being like deciding to keep going on and fighting, and to you know he beats his cancer that he's got. And then the second one, his thing is like parallels sort of um, Ivan and Victor's thing because it's it's all about fathers for all three of them, right? Mm-hmm. So Rocky's got a son that he's estranged from that he kind of begins to set right. Um, obviously, Victor and Ivan are both like alive and together, but they kind of still have to come together like on an actual emotional level. Yeah. And then I guess for um, Adonis, right, like it helps him like build a relationship and sort of understand things about the father that he never knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is all kind of cool. It's good stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing about this third one going into it, just in, in generalities here, that like I think it's cool about these movies, this whole franchise, but also like I think the Rocky movies are kind of, I, I think they're maybe. They maybe are set apart from even other sports movies, or maybe this this was like the beginning of of a new kind of sports movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first Rocky was, and that they're about sports, right? But they're not really. Oh yeah, I don't know. Like it's just the setting, or like the mechanism you know, from which. Yeah, because it's about people, and it's about. I mean, I guess everything's about people. All stories are, but I don't know something about these movies. It's like no one ever wins in these movies, right? Or or most sports movies because they're like bigger and stronger. That's not yeah. actually by the win, right? Sometimes, because here's the thing: in real life, sometimes you you just win because you are bigger and stronger and faster and just better in all ways. Um, just physically, it doesn't have anything else to do with it. But yeah. in movies, uh, you win because you're like better of heart and shit. You yeah, know, like spiritual and like emotional growth. You've done your character arc. Yeah, you've done character stuff, and I like that. I think that's cool. And like, um, you know, going into this one, so for Creed three here, right? Mm. Michael B. Jordan actually directed this. It's his director debut they love directing their own movies he's really cool yeah i'm um, good for him and um something he said was a big influence going into this was um like animes right he wanted to shoot the uh some of the fights and stuff like they were from an anime and i think that really comes through and i had that in the back of my head watching this whole movie and i i i really kind of see it i don't i've not watched as much anime as you but i feel like i kind of understand it and like get the tropes and shit right yeah i think that really comes through of just like yeah there's these moments where it's like, again, it's it's the same in anime. No one d- wins in anime because they are actually just, I'm stronger, right? It's because they like dig deep and they find whatever they need to find and in they, themselves. And that makes them stronger. And yeah. that makes them stronger. And mm-hmm. That's what this movie is. Yeah. A lot of it. I, uh, think, that's, well, yeah. I think that's sweet, man. I like I think this had, I like the ending fight. I guess we'll spoil this a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, Cause it's, it's the fucking movie. Like, yeah. There's nothing They're to boxing. this. It's the boxing. It's a Rocky movie. So it's everything you, it's. I mean, yeah. you get you see the trailer that you see who he's gonna fight, and that's what happens. Yeah. He fights that guy in the movie, and I you can probably guess how yeah. how it ends. Jonathan Majors, um, <laughs> da- Dame? Dame, Dame, yeah, da- Dame Diamond Dame. Uh, abs- uh, he's absolutely fucking jacked. He is yoked out of his mind. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely yoked. He kills some people. He really king the conquerors all over the place. Uh, but the ending fight when in their last couple of rounds, I really liked when everything. Like fades out and oh, it's yeah. just them fighting and there's no real music and the cages come up. I think I like that all visually because it really like brings it together. That's like it's just them. There's a it's lot of baggage them. in the yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they do that two punch. They punch yeah. each other in the face at the same time. Classic anime thing. And then it brings them back. I thought it was great. Yeah, like the the other kind of big one that stood out to me is the first fight we see, which is um, the you know Adonis's like last fight supposedly of his career, mm-hmm. where he beats the guy from the first movie, right? And um, the way that fight ends is feels anime-ish, where like he's analyzing all the moves, yeah. and then he like goes in and it kind of like does this like slows slow down, down, speed up thing where he like makes these three perfect calculated moves and takes him down. And I'm like that I can see it, yeah. 
I also kind of felt like um the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. When he thinks about it, no, I like that. Um, yeah, but I liked I liked his arc in this movie. Yeah, uh, of having to give up boxing and like it all coming back to haunt him. And I think honestly, I was watching the movie and I was like, I think it works that Rocky's not here because then he has to deal with it himself. I kind of agree. I, I yeah, I really don't. I really can't disagree. Like I, I don't know. I, I sort of wish there was something at least alluded to, like what's up with him, because he's just there is literally no uh, mention of him or anything. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I think that the story does work, and obviously, you know, the thing is they could have written a different story if they did have him possibly, right? But yeah, yeah for what this movie is, I don't think he really had a place here because it is about him. It's all individual and him, mm. you know, learning to stand on his own and stuff. Coming with his past. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'll um that I'll take a little bit of umbrage is that all these movies kind of hinge a little bit on the fact that at least the um character tension that uh Adonis will not tell B about his life at all. Yeah, like in the first movie, he's like, "Why do you tell me you are the Apollo Creed's son and you are and Rocky is like your godfather or whatever?" He's like, "Oh, I'll tell you now." And then every movie is like, "You didn't tell me this very crucial detail, yeah, very formative it, moment." Especially into this one. Yes, this one just, especially. It's just insane. He's just. It, I understand, like, yeah, he's closed off, or whatever, and he's got reasons to be the way he was. But at this point, when you're talking about this is his wife of five years, is his wife. Yeah, they're married. Is that when is it? Yeah, because okay. they get engaged at the beginning of the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good call. Good call. Um, his wife of. Several years at this Five, point. Five, six years at least. Yeah, they have a child they're raising together. They have a whole life that they've built together. For him to still be this still be this way around her is just, it's almost like... Sociopathic? <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far, <laughs> but it is bordering on, like, bad. Like, it's just wrong. Like, it's yeah. not it's not fair to her. Um. So, yeah, that, yeah. I, I suppose we'll still be like, oh, I understand where he's coming from. But on some level, I'm just like, you're you're being, you're just being a bad guy. Like, I don't, I, I only have so much sympathy for this in particular yeah because she's she's not you have to let her in yeah she's being very reasonable about this she's like incredibly reasonable what's going on here man why are you acting so weird when your friend showed up is there something going on Mm -hmm. he told me there was something going on yeah and the fact that like she evidently she didn't even know he lived in a group home like that seems kind of essential because i don't know exactly his mom never mentioned his mom didn't that's not where she got him yeah that's where she got the first one so i don't know i don't know i don't think it was a I don't think it was a group of it was like a orphanage, like a holding. No, but it was like a prison jail. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a juvenile like a holding yeah, center. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly. Some not That's good. Been place. A, I haven't seen the movie since you know. But Came yeah, um, I, I see. So yeah, I totally agree that a lot of the interpersonal conflict in this one is wrapped up in him being re- basically just like immature, like emotionally stunted. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not that like he, you know, I think that the the stuff he's dealing with in this movie is realistic enough. But just the fact that he's like, again, like whatever he is, 35 and the wife and kids and shit and he can't communicate with her. Yeah. Open up about a, a time in his life. That's that pretty wild. But I mean, you know, he's a boxer, shit, I guess. Head, head trauma, CTE. Yeah. yeah. Lucky he didn't go crazy and kill them all. I meant like emotional trauma, but yeah, that physical too. trauma too. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, probably all, all kind of mixes re- together. Yeah. A little column A, a little column B. So uh, what do we think of, uh, what's his name? Diamond Dam. Yeah, Dame. Yeah, Dame. I liked him. I thought he was... A nice like antagonist to Adonis. I think he very clearly mirrors what Adonis could have been. Uh, yeah, th- they're very much like mirrors of each other. Yeah, yeah. Adonis could have easily fallen to that path. I think if mm-hmm. things had gone differently. And as you know, basically his whole driving force this movie is that he's like, well, you have the life I could have had if I didn't go to prison. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to Creed Two, 
with Victor and Ivan, a parallel Rocky and mm-hmm. Adonis. But I think it it still works because it's more personal to him. Yeah, because like, yeah. it's a different it's it's a different kind of parallel. I think these parallels can still work because I mean you kind of need the opposite for the villain. So mm-hmm. like you know, there's only so many parallels you can have with yeah. a movie like this. But I think it's cool, and I feel like that's that's not something they probably unless I I'm you know my memory's failing me. I don't think it's something they've ever done in these movies, which is like a truly like personal thing outside of the like mm. the fact that they have this history together and stuff is is different not again like i you know in rocky four like rocky has personal reasons to want to beat ivan drago but yeah. it's not like yeah they don't have this history and this this it, quite so personal so that's kind of an interesting twist on it yeah um, for which sure. is cool and i i suppose i like that like they more or less make up at the end that they they all do their growing and he's like actually you know what it wasn't because they both come to the agreement that like it wasn't our fault. Basically, it wasn't mm. your fault and it wasn't my fault. They both have to come to that separately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think that's cool. They're both like, hey, we were kids, man. Like you, you know, you know. I mean, obviously, ideally, you wouldn't have to go to know, beat each other up before that. But yeah, in front of millions of people in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do, you know. Yeah, sometimes you gotta beat your friend up who went to prison for a while, and then you. But then you're cool about it. You're yeah, cool. So. Uh, one thing. And I was just thinking, this is just not even really the story, but the first scene when they meet up again, um, Dame and Adonis, and they go to that restaurant. Yeah. I was just thinking about what food they were eating and how they shoot so you can't see what... Oh, Creed is only eating the fries and not the burger at all, and then you don't ever really see what... Um, da, uh, Dame? Da, Dame? Dame. I, was I mean, his name is Damien. Damien. So. I'll just call him Damien. What Damien is eating, you just see these dumping hot sauce on it, and, yeah. and no matter how they shoot it, his hands are blocking it or like... There's something in the way, so I was like, you just you put them somewhere else. Being eaten yeah, if they're it. eating any of it, and you can just eat the fries endlessly because they're like whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can just take huge chunks of a burger. There's something little filmmaking thing I noticed, which is just because I'm thinking. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, I would say one of the other characters, like, there's a subplot with his daughter that doesn't that's never really resolved uh, meaningfully. No, yeah, that's true. Especially that his daughter's fighting, and the idea is obviously like, oh, I learned it from you, kind of thing. Like, you're a fighter, so I want to be a fighter, but. You know, um, Tessa Thompson there is <clears throat> understandably like, well, that's a, you know, especially for a kid, like a little kid, you have to like also that needs to go hand in hand with teaching them like why and when you can fight and all that. Like mm-hmm. you can't just teach a kid how to beat other kids the other up. kids up because they're going to beat all the other kids up. Yeah. They don't know remorse. They're children. Right. Where, But he's pushing against that, of course, because he's the boxer. He's like, I don't know. Fighting is good. I think fighting is pretty great. Probably. I didn't, well, it didn't kill, literally kill my father in any way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um. It never really goes anywhere, no. other than he starts to train her. But that doesn't really—I don't know—that doesn't Resolve. seem to fulfill at all. Of like, yeah, he starts training her out of the box. Oh, that's okay. So she can punch that kid at death school better. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Also, the kid just kind of—it was just a random scene, like no buildup. It was like kid... comical. It was almost yeah. It was so like stereotypical, right? That I I was inclined to almost laugh. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Literally, here? just like, ah, oh, your drawing sucks. <laughs> all right, cool, right. <laughs> I guess kids are kids, like they say, or whatever. But yeah. I don't think I don't think ever in my life, my entire schooling career, did I witness anything as like cartoonishly. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. What are you maybe the do? deaf kids are a little crazy. They're stuck in their own minds. Just, yeah, you never know. But um, yeah. So that I I guess that was kind of a I don't know. I didn't love that. I would have loved a little bit of something in that. Just like one more scene, maybe. So at the end, they just fight each other. They yeah. do like a little like sparring in the ring after yeah. they finish fighting. Well, because again, it's like she, at the end, she watches her dad beat up the other guy, 
and like went and like he solves his problems by beating the shit out of these guys. Like yeah. it almost feels like for that element of the story is is completely out of sync with the rest of it because it almost felt like for that to work, um, like it would almost have worked better if he lost. Yeah, like that would have been a good lesson for his daughter to then take that and be like, no, it's cool because this like let me explain this to you. But just being like, see, honey, I beat the shit out of the guy who was bullying me. And it worked out just fine. I everyone mean, everyone loved it. Everyone you see, you see the adoration we're getting? This is incredible. I'm even more famous now. So, I don't know. Um, the, his mom, that's the other thing. So, um, she's kind of, her health is, is failing her in this one. And uh, she just has a stroke and dies about halfway through. Yeah. Emotional catalyst and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Um, yeah, I don't know. Her, so, she has, I mean, there's a pretty, I think, like, her deathbed moment there is kind of... Uh, you know, impactful and good. Yeah. It's like she has this moment where she starts to think he is Apollo, Apollo Creed. Like she, you know, as, as she's going, um, and that's a that was a pretty emotional line when she's like, I, you know, so like, what did she say? Like she, you'd be proud of him or whatever. Yeah, and like, you know, he's like you and stuff, and he he helped me like learn to forgive you, and I'm like, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. But again, I don't know how that really ties into what he's dealing with in the movie not not too much he's not he doesn't really deal with any of the stuff with his dad in this one no that's the last movie he comes across with it so i don't know should have killed the last movie i get (laughs) get rid of her uh but yeah overall again it was good i'm not gonna say i didn't enjoy it no i I definitely enjoyed it it is very much exactly what you'd expect it's one of those movies much like 65 sure exactly Um, what you're paying for i think probably better well better quality wise for sure but in, in so far that if you're expecting what you think, it's gonna be exactly that, and yeah, you there's should. Just, there's just no way you're gonna get anything. So yeah, if you haven't like, I mean, if you've not seen the other movies, I would say probably don't start with this one. <laughs> oh no, but yeah, there's n- this isn't really distinct from the other ones in any way. Oh, any way it goes, it doesn't. There's no big twists or surprises. It does. It does not end any way other than exactly how you would think it would. Mm. Um, it's just exactly. It, if you're into these movies, this then yeah, I don't know. So it's like it's like I imagine the Fast and Furious movies are. I don't watch those movies, oh, but I feel like it's God the same forbid. kind of thing. Where it's like yeah. everyone knows what we're signing up for here. We yeah. enjoy it because we enjoy these movies. We wouldn't want it to be anything other than this what because it is. we just watch a different movie at that yeah. point. So yeah, don't ex- it, this is no million dollar baby. No, 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 no. Like there's deep character analysis. I mean, there is some again as we went into. There is good character stuff here, but again, it is just yeah, a boxing movie, and he wins because he's good because he's a Creed. Comes out of retirement because he does it. Yeah, he does it because he's he should. Mm-hmm. And they do a training montage again. It's the same fucking movie. It, yeah. it really is in a lot of ways kind of the same movie again. But that's all right. I that's think. all right. At the end, you go. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. It drags yeah. in the middle, but they bring they bring it all together at the end, and right. you go, okay. You do the montage. You do the training montage, and you're like, if you're anything like me, you get that part in your brain where like I could probably do that. <laughs> oh, I could definitely beat this guy up. Yeah, if I did all that too. Yeah, this is the classic male thing. Where you go, no. Nah, yeah, when yeah. I start fighting, I see red, and I go crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. but and and I just I was sitting there in the movie theater watching the montage. I'm like, I could probably do all this montage. I probably do all this training. I probably just get as, just as ripped as Jonathan Majors if I did all this training. Yeah. So, in in fact, I don't ever need to try. Yeah, because I I mean I, I know I could. So yeah, uh, I watched the movie and there was a small child in the theater, like a probably toddler. That's a bit too small. Just making noise yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's just like a not even. That, it's not for them. Yeah, they just brought them with them so they could watch a movie. And this movie, it was like I saw like, Oh, the only thing I want to say is that it is a bit ridiculous. Like some of the stuff, like even maybe more ridiculous than some of the other ones in terms of some of the leaps in logic, mostly surrounding Jonathan Majors. 
you know, hmm. uh, Dame, his whole character is like, he's too old. It just doesn't make sense yeah. on some level. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, but he's real good. And it's like, yeah, I get that. And they're like, oh, he's, he's mad at the world. And it's like, that less so. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, he's just so mad and angry that he's just. They got superpowers. He doesn't care or something. No, like, no, they're also all professional fighters, though. This seems dumb. Yeah, that, that like. The kitty fights at the beginning would definitely probably beat him. There's no way, right? And yeah, the whole scenario of how how could he possibly get a, a title fight? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. No. You don't just roll up and be like, I was in prison, but I think I'm good at boxing. I would like a, to be champion of the world? No, that's weird. No, it's not any of that works. It, it's practically an exhibition. Again, I, I mean, it's not. It, the movie is what it is. It's not going to be the most foolproof logic, but still. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I thought that was kind of dumb. That's about it, though. Yeah. Want to rate the movie? Might as well. Uh, two big old boxing gloves up out of two. <laughs> oh, very nice. No. I'll give it a... Uh, 12 rounds out of 12. I'll give it 16 years out of 18 years of a prison sentence. Also, it did. It went to the last round like they always do. They always do. Time. 12 round, baby. So Very good. So we can... It pick. always goes to the last round, but it never goes to decision, does it? No, they, knock they always right knock out. them out in the 12th round. Well, it went to decision in the first one, right? Yeah, it did. And Rocky That's because he didn't win. Right. Well, yeah. If they don't win, they go to the decision, and they don't win at all. So you don't, lo- but you don't lose really either. It's a pyrrhic victory. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a draw because they really. went because they went the distance. And Apollo Creed goes, "You know what, kid? You got hard. I'm gonna die in Russia soon." <laughs> Foreshadowing. Not that soon. You had three movies yet. Well, soon enough. Relatively soon. They figured it out though. They were they were friends in the end, weren't they? Yeah. They they fought that one time in the in behind closed doors. The end of Rocky Three. I think that's like I think that's the idea. What has to be Rocky Three because he's dead the next one. <laughs> he's dead in the next one. He fights Mr. T in the third one. Oh. I think I don't know what people think of that one. I don't even know what people think of Rocky Two. They both seem kind of indistinct compared to Rocky Four and One. Just weird because can you imagine the fourth one being like maybe the best one? How often does that ever happen? It's gonna happen with Avatar. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. We fit it in, baby. Yeah, the the fourth one is probably the most iconic. Like, yeah. Who is more? Yeah. One. Because Apollo Creed's still in it, but you have Ivan Drago, and he's like the guy. I mean, he, he's like the face of the Rocky franchise. The American flag shorts and shit? Come on. Oh, yeah. The bright gloves. The t- All right. <coughs> All right. Well, I like a tech out of the- On oh, the next thing? Yeah, the next thing. Uh, what Star Wars do you want to do? Bad Batch? Sure. All right. Well, I take out of that into Bad Batch episode, season two, episode 13, Papu. Something pa- like that. Pablo? Pablo? Whatever the fuck. I got it right. First try, baby. We get it. Uh, this is another classic filler episode from the Bad Batch. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, character, Jack. Always character. Just ask yourself. Anyone that's who a, ever says anything about filler, I just want to... That's like, a crunch. What do you think? I just... I just uh, we get this a lot, you know, with the media literacy and the whatnot. Oh, God, it's low. I just want to be like, what do you guys think this is all for? Why do you watch anything, you maniacs? To you see know? um, see the big, the big uh, explosions. We always say that, but like... Sometimes people's it seems unironic. Yeah. Oh, it's a, we mostly mean it as a joke. At least I had. I have. Well, I but then there's have. people who I think honestly are just like, well, I, if there's not explosions. What's it for? You know, bored. But again, whatever. Um. So yeah, this one is they're hanging out with the pirate lady whose name escapes me, and they're doing a job whether it's like a classic. Um. It's like you know what it is. You know what it's really like. It's what? like it's like the beginning of Indiana Jones two. No. Oh, movie yeah. you've not seen. I've seen it a little bit at the beginning. They're in that restaurant, right? Okay, yeah. And the deal goes sour. And the deal goes sour. Yeah, okay. And he's like, I've got this priceless artifact. And the guy's like, you got the money in there? But they, it goes sour. And uh, it's kind of like that. But, of course, the whole Bad Batch is in there, so they fuck them up. Those oh, yeah. the weird the pirate criminal dudes. Um, Omega drops a light on one of them. It's wild. I mean, Crazy shit ever. Shoots one with an arrow in the chest, mm-hmm. and he goes down. 
Um, so then we get back to the ship and they're like, we got a message from Sid and she's like, where the hell are you guys? I'm very upset. It's been 20 days. Get over here. So that's good. That's interesting. Um, we like that largely because fuck Sid. We've been saying yeah. that for a minute now. I've had enough of her shit. So mm. that's good. She threatens them. Um, and so the pilot lady's like, well, I'll bring you back to my home planet. And um, you can live here maybe. Or just chill, relax, and you know, get a little R&R on my home planet. But um, And they're just kind of hanging out. I don't know. That's most of it. That's the bulk of the middle. Mm. We're just like, this is cool. And tech, I guess, I don't know if they indicated this much in the last episode she was in. And I just missed it or what. But... Evidently, I don't know. He's got like a crush on her. Some sort of yeah, some sort of you know, romantic connection there building. So, there's that. Good for him. Um, her one of her big things was like Omega needs a friend her own age who isn't a clone. And it's like yeah, it's probably fair. So yeah. she meets the the mayor's daughter and they're hanging out. They're having a good time. And of course, like they always tell every single time, they're like Hunter. Clearly, you're the dad. Um, <laughs> how's your daughter doing? He's like, I'm daughter. really not. You could raise your daughter here. She could have a normal life. And he's like, I have been looking for that all season. A normal life for um, for Omega. So maybe. Um, and then there's a there's a threat, Jack. A threat? That's usually happens in this episode. these episodes. This never actually just goes well. Of course this not. This time it's in. Well, it's an existential, isn't it? It's, it's environmental. It's, envi- it's man versus nature. A classic. The classic <laughs> old uh, conflicts. Yeah. So uh, it's just a, a tsunami happened. A sea surge, as they call it. Because... Can't you can't say tsunami, probably, right? Yeah, I would assume. It'd be too referencing to Earth. Yeah. Which is one of those weird things you never really think of until you think of it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have noticed, honestly. If they just said tsunami in stars, I can't imagine it actually would have tickled me. Until you looked at Twitter and everyone was like, oh my god, they said tsunamis? That means there's Star Wars Japan? I'm trying to think. There's got to be examples of things where I'd be like, just, on, just immediately be like, why would they say that, right? Yeah. But I don't even know what it would be. I don't know either. This, even in... Even if I'm like, oh, I get what they're talking about, and I move on. Cause. Yeah, there's a lot of time. I used to think when I was... I, I used to think gun was like that. Like, oh, people don't say gun in Star Wars. But they do, actually. They say gun quite a bit. Oh, they say gun they, ship? They, they might say gun. They just say gun, though. Yeah, like, it's in true, reference though. to, like, a blaster. Huh. They might even say it more than they say blaster, because I think someone realized it's clunky and dumb. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And we all know what they mean, so... Like, in Clone Wars, I remember on one of my recent rewatches of it, like, maybe a couple years back, I was surprised by how often Ahsoka is in, in characters are just saying gun. In, and I was like, oh. Because oh. I always thought it was like, it's bl- it's blaster. Mm, actually, they're they called, say blaster. They're actually blasters, you'll, I think you'll find. They're not guns, but no. I don't know. They said, like, car, I guess. If they had cars, I mean, I'd be like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they're like, my four-wheeled spaceship or some bullshit. Some clunky Star Wars nonsense. But, yeah. Um... Little and hip- they, they save everyone, obviously, from the... Yeah, Omega and the girl was drowned horribly. It's a real... You know, it's got some shades of uh, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, this episode. Because it's like, look, you can learn to live in the sea and be a sea people. Yeah. You can find a home for your family. Touch the whales. Safe. Touch the whales. Harvest them for their goop. <laughs> for their immortal goop. Immortal brain goop. Uh, and then they're like, at the end, they're like, oh my god, the whole village is destroyed. It'll take us, like, several rotations, which... Unless I'm misunderstanding something, that just means like, yeah, several days, like a yeah. week, a week of time to fix that. Who it looked fucked. Yeah, absolutely. But all right, hey, right. and this planet's got a really long rotation. Maybe it could be. Yeah, you never know. But I feel like, yeah, yeah, they fix it all and they climb up a big ladder and and they develop more. So I hopefully this will be like a episode two episode arc or something. They'll be there for a minute, develop a little bit more because we didn't I get. Think, s- well, we only got a couple episodes left, right? Oh, right, that's true. 14, 15, and 16. Three left. Yeah, so... When are they going to rescue Crosshair and the Kaminoan lady? 
I think maybe they'll be hanging out here and then that they'll get pulled away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It'll just, you know, it'll disturb their peace. Their peace. Um, and may, but maybe they'll get to return. Someday. That'd be the hope. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like um, Chapter 4 of The Mandalorian where he's hanging out that place. He's got Grogu and they're like just having a good time. And oh, yeah. Like, just stay here forever. We could just stay here forever until the, the bounty hunter shows up, obviously. But it's like, it kind of reminded me of that. So I'm like, okay, something has to happen to them to make them leave. I guess it's too good. Be my assumption, yeah. Yeah, but maybe they, yeah, like I said, maybe they actually do get to come back, and maybe they'll actually retire here. I mean, I, I, you know, on some level, I can understand. I can, I can imagine more and more as we get towards the end here that this really could be the, you know, the last season. Like it mm. wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me necessarily if they, if they stop with this one and they let them have a happy ending. So. Yeah, I love Crosshair doing his devices because he kind of deserves it, and uh, yeah, let Echo do his own thing, and they can use him, pick him up later if they need to. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, eventually Echo gets to come join them and also just live in peace on the island and not like die off screen like people are assuming. Oh yeah, be a horrible robot man for the rest of his life. Because they're like, why isn't he with Rex and Rebels? I don't know. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about I it. I don't like these implications. He probably he's probably just on vacation. Just on vacation, he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, anything else? To say? It was too. I don't know. I mean, like again, I mean, these, uh, it's a good episode of Bad Batch. It was very yeah. pretty. I liked the island. It was. Yeah, it, it wasn't it su- super dark. It was nice it and great. sunny. Evidently, this whole season has just got a big, big bump from the last season, and the last season never looked bad to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. It's 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 a very aesthetic show. They do oh, yeah. they do good work over there. I gotta say, absolutely. Lucasfilm Animation knows what they're doing, especially when they got the budget. They crank out some some pretty stuff. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. Probably. Oh, the new the new outfits. Those are cool. oh right. Yes, forgot about those. Everyone seems to have gotten new costumes, um, <laughs> which I'm a fan of because I mean I like their classic you know Bad Batch armor and stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I understand why you can't use that forever, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I didn't. I, the uh, the armor they'd been wearing all season, which was their original armor, just with weird paint jobs, was kind of great on me. I gotta say, it yeah. just looked weird and kind of obnoxious and not anything. I mean, it looks like all yeah. It looks like exactly what it was supposed to, which was all hobbled together and shit. But that doesn't really make for a cool aesthetic necessarily. Yeah, you don't so. have to do it for a whole season. They truly had some downtime to get. Better armor, new clothes, as they no doubt do. Yeah, too. so they're just wearing more like, you know, normal Star Wars outfits of just like stuff different people would wear. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Absolutely. So probably I could take out of that here into our second movie of the episode. Our, in our movie, which we're dubbing, well, I'm dubbing, Movie March. We've seen a bunch <laughs> of movies this month. Yeah. One every week. At least one every week. We did it up between movies that are coming out this month and also movies that came out last month what we saw this month anyways i think it's going to be like six movies we see in theaters this month maybe damn which is quite, a, quite a few movies we're, f- we're living up to our name um but this one is uh shazam fury of the gods oh boy so were those second, gods furious second second shazam so we'll do the same thing to the last one which is um you watched shazam this week i did i did for the first time did my classic watch the thing right before we talk about it could have done it at any point prior never but gets old never gets old who would do that yeah then we can't do the bit, I guess. So No. And what would be without our bits? We'd be nothing. A um, white guy podcast with no stupid bits? Yes, right. Uh, I like Shazam 1. Uh, I like Shazam 1, too. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I don't, as you know, I'm a resident DC hater. I got to keep my narrative up. Yeah, narrative up. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I'm not going to say it's better than Aquaman 1. It, it absolutely is not, better than Aquaman 1. It's not even close. Nothing actually. is better. Than, <laughs> couldn't even get through it. <laughs> there's like no, there's not even a contest there. Aquaman is such a nothing movie. Okay. At, it's it's I posit at best. This. It's a nothing movie. I posit this. Does Shazam have an octopus that plays the drums? Now riddle me that. No. 
Well, I mean, and what the Aquaman. So, I mean, it's clear as day. Do I need yeah. to say any more? So, Best okay. Picture nominee. So, if you're on some kind of like Rick and Morty fucking <laughs> interdimensional cable, you know, universe wherein movies are the caliber of movies judged upon like, you know, quality is derived from how many trimming octopuses, jump playing octopuses there are in it, then you can, you know, you can go to that world and pretend like that movie's good. But uh, so long as I live here, I'm going to tell you that that movie is still a bad movie. Damn. <laughs> well, one day I'll get it. But anyway, good movie. Solid movie. I liked like the found family thing. That was good. It's really good, isn't it? I thought the humor was pretty good. I um, think so as wasn't well. too... I agree with both of those points. Uh, I will say I thought the Seven Deadly Sins were just kind of nothing design-wise. They were, I agree they, with that They as see well. kind I'm... of haphazard in what they were designed as. Couldn't agree more, Jack. I remember thinking it was a cool idea, and it didn't really... It wasn't... They weren't actually utilized in a way that was very interesting. Yeah, they never... The only time, like, they actually, like, seem to act on their attributes is when Shazam calls out Envy and pulls him out of the guy, and he falls... What's his name? Oh. Mark Strong? You talking about the main villain? Yes. What is his name? In the movie, I don't remember. It's Mark Strong, though. I think... Oh, I know it's, like, Thaddeus. His name is, like, Thaddeus something. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, I thought they could do a little more with that because it was just like, get him greed and the greed was just like a four-armed monster. It's like, well, he's not the big eaten one or the guy with the big tongue. Like, which, who's who's who? The big eaten one would be gluttony. gluttony. That's true. Surely. But I feel like they could have been a little more, they all kind of were just green monsters. They could have had different colors to know who they were. Yeah, um, that's, those are incredible. Those are all incredible points that I very much agree with. Incredible. Very. You're very, you, Jack, if I, if I can say, you're very correct in those points. Absolutely. Because they're things. I agree with that. Um, That's all right. Freddy's a little bit annoying. I'll say that. He's a little annoying. He's a little annoying. I'd beat him up. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not as much. He's he's crippled. If he wasn't crippled. No, see? You're not beating him up because he's crippled, though. You're beating him up because he's annoying. And that's, right, yeah. And I make that very that's clear. Equal. That's yeah, equal rights. That's, that's equality, equal. Jack. One thing I will say about that. If mo- you didn't beat him up just because he was disabled, even though you found him very annoying, that itself... Would, would be, be ableist, okay, Jack? Because I'm I'm distinguishing him from any other That's annoying right. kid. I'm, right. I'm singling him out. Something he couldn't control. They deserve to be beat up too. <laughs> I will say the amount of <laughs> they deserve. Yes, put that in print. Send that in the New York Times. That's the official <laughs> statement of the podcast. People who have disabilities deserve to be beaten up as well, just the same as any other non-disabled. God bless them all. Also, they hit him with a car, and nobody does anything. That that bothered me a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Because two kids hit a boy with a car, a disabled boy with a car, and then beat him up, and no one makes a move it's to stop insane. them. It's 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 the thing we just talked about, isn't it? It's like movie bullying, which is yeah. not real. Just like absolute nonsense, where they just absolute get to nonsense. like assault to criminally. Yeah, yeah. And no one's like, "Hey, teacher, I, we just watched a boy get hit by a car." That's insane. Yeah. Also, they just park their car up, lock them up. Yeah. Send these, those send these people to jail. These brothers who are very close in age but aren't very similar sad about they're they're they need to be put in a home or their mom has different or they have different dads or something could be yeah you never know or different moms you know not gonna judge what's up yeah moms can be deadbeats too we we established this this, yeah but no i i yeah those are all the points i would have made there incredible i remember thinking all those things humor is good and the found family stuff was genuinely touching Mm -hmm. and uh yeah the seven deadly sins are not as interesting as they ought to be um, I remember being surprised in the first one that they actually did the Shazam Kids thing. I mean, that told, I, I don't know, I don't remember if it was in the marketing, if it was just well hidden, well hidden, or if I just didn't look much into it. I mean, I just I saw Shazam one early on like a whim because my Fandango app was like, "Do you want to see Shazam early?" And I was like, 
sure. Yeah, God bless. I It was one of those things where, like, it, I guess it worked because, you know, I don't even know how, you know, enthusiastic I would have been about seeing Shazam just in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, like yourself, who didn't see it in theaters. But when I got that thing, I was like, well, I gotta go see Shazam, right? Well, of course. You've been prompted. So... But yeah, I remember enjoying that. And like I said, I was surprised by the Shazam family actually showing. I was like, this is sick. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. It was all cool. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, so now, out of, I think we can yeah, yeah, that general thoughts. Into Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. Better movie? No. Probably not. Just as good of a movie? Probably might, not either. Might be. Might be. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's just it's a lot more of the same, I think. Yeah. Oh, I will say before we move on, I my probably my, one of my favorite parts of Shazam is the crocodile men playing cards. Very funny. <laughs> loved that a lot. Very fun. All their necks were very short. <laughs> I loved it. It was very funny to me. Uh, but anyway, back to <laughs> we were just talking about Fear of the Gods. Uh, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, watching it, I didn't have a ton of problems with it. Thinking back, doesn't hold up quite as well. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't the worst movie. It wasn't the worst decent movie I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. it, it, the franchise remained strong. It wasn't as bad as Black Adam. Sure. Which is pretty strong, I think. I would say um, this movie, the villains are pretty much as generic as the last one, which is just like, and eh, we get it. Like, there's nothing super iconic about any of these people. Not at all. Um, with the exception of one of the characters in this one, who I think is actually worse. Um, it's a villain I didn't care much for. Which, well, I will just say, we always spoil everything. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Spoilers for Shazam, Fear of the Gods. Also, a movie that's largely unspoilable. But um, one of the one of the actual spoilers that is that is in this one is is the character of uh, Anthea something who is uh, portrayed by Rachel Zellweger. So this was like a secret, I guess, going in. Which I mean, again, I don't know how well it was, it was hidden in the marketing or not, but I didn't know. It was it was a bit of a surprise for me mm-hmm. on some level. Um, but it's a it's a it's just a terrible terrible trope that I hated and I thought was dumb. Yeah. Which is the idea of like I'm one of the villains, but I'm not really a villain, and I've fallen in love with one of you, the plucky protagonists. Stupid, I hate that. Um, in particular, in this, I'm not saying that never <coughs> works. The idea of like, oh, what love has changed my heart. I, I suppose that could work sometimes. Again, of like one of the villains. Fall- it, it is very much a trope, right? You know. What I'm oh saying, yes, right? absolutely. But in this case, in particular, because she's supposed to be an actual literal like, um, you know, deity, deity, like a, like a Greek god from eons past and she's like six thousand years old it's just it's just dumb and weird um i suppose on some level there's probably an element of like when you get to be six thousand you really would almost exist outside of age or whatever like a like with those vampires in twilight or whatever you know exactly maybe <laughs> i don't know so i'm not saying it's necessarily creepy or whatever in that sense i just think it's dumb that a six thousand year old person would even be able to like communicate with an actual teenager yeah especially a god, someone from a different realm, yeah, that's what I'm with saying. magic and stuff. Yeah, he just—he would be so nothing to her. And she's like, "Oh, but you're real. You're like a genuine person." Yeah, like is he the first genuine person you've ever met? Yeah, you're like—I mean, you're six thousand years old. This is the most like the the you know guy with the real the real best like heart of gold you've ever. I don't know. Surely you've seen a fair number of those in your time. Yeah, six thousand years worth. Whatever. All okay. of human civilization. That's fine. He's all right. Yeah. Um but no, I don't. I don't like her character. I just think. Everything she does is dumb. She does fine at it or whatever, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right? I don't know. She was fine. But the whole thing's dumb. The whole character's dumb. Don't care for her. Um, the other ones. Um, Lucy Liu and... Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. What weird choices. I mean, not not that they're like bad. It's just... I, I Weird choices on their parts. I mean, 
Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing in this movie, Helen Mirren? I, was thinking, I always think that when I see people like that in, like, super movies, I'm like, Helen Mirren, what, what, low on cash, just had a off weekend you wanted to show up for? I mean, on the one hand, I guess it's better than, like, being all pretentious, which we also don't like, so, you know, damn it if you do, damn it if you don't over yeah, here. You can't win with us. If you decide to do the goofy cape shit movie, then we'll make fun of you, and if you decide you're too good for the cape goofy shit. cape shit movie, then we'll, we'll make fun of you. We'll really make fun of you, so. If you crave our approval, you shan't find it. But crave it nonetheless. You'll, maybe you'll get it one day. Do the cape so, shit exactly how we want you to. Exactly. That's right. So, I don't know. She's she's, she's good. I mean, she's hella beer and She's a good actor. Don't don't get mm. me wrong. Yeah. But it's just like, okay, whatever. She's in this. And Lucy Liu's in this. Lucy Liu ends up being like the main, main villain. Because the other two basically are just like, oh, maybe not so much. We got our revenge. We'll be fine. <laughs> I they, don't know. It's like uh, Digimon Hansu is back. Oh yeah, the he's Shazam. actually he's really good. He's one of the standout like supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him uh, a lot more. Obviously, a lot more to do in this one because he's yeah. like, around and alive and stuff. I, and he's joking, he's quipping, he's funny. Yeah, he's yeah. doing the like I'm kind of tired of you quips. Like oh, I don't want to be here. I hate this. Yeah, he is. Uh, good stuff. They they force him to reforge his staff that Billy broke and threw away. They're not super clear on how they got it. They kind of they kind of hang a lamp shit on that in the movie. They're like, how'd they even get the staff? And I'm like, oh, I broke it and threw it on the ground, and nobody picked it up. Nobody. And so they, how? But that still doesn't necessarily explain how it got found its way back to them. But yeah, it's in the, They pick it up. I know from the trailer they we missed that part because we released the movie. We they pick it up in a museum in Athens where they just kill a bunch of people. Yes, but how do they get to Athens? Well, that's what I think. Yeah, exactly. Because. They say they're not. Oh, because the staff's broken. The, the staff's broken. So that's what. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, whatever. Good yeah, enough. Whatever. Good enough. Uh, good enough for government work. Uh, there's a big dragon. They're trying. There's a big do. dragon. I like the dragon. Dragon was cool. But as they mention, even in the movie, it's like it's like weird. It's like a weird wooden dragon thing. That it's not produces fear toxins. Stupid. Scarecrow dragon. Stupid. Um, and then. So we have a big sacrifice in the movie, which I've been around a little bit, but there's not. I mean, it's just it's just yeah, a Shazam it's movie. There's magic and they're doing. Great well, there's a couple stuff. things I, I would like to mention. In the okay, movie. bunch of monsters. The monsters were fine. I like oh, the yeah. unicorn stuff with um, Darby. Oh, fuck yeah, Darla, 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 Darla. Um, in general, I want to talk about though, um, the cast. Yes. So in the first movie, it's obviously almost exclusively the young cast, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, it's like a twist, it's a reveal. You didn't see it coming. At the very end, they all get their. Shazam, power. Shazam powers, and they they we have the grown up versions of them who are the superpowers. Um, this movie is almost flipped, where they are almost always in their superhero forms, and it's more sparing that they actually are in their kid forms. Um, like for some of them, it's very sparing. Oh yeah, like um, man, I'm not gonna be able to remember all their names. Is Pedro one of them? Pedro, Eugene, and I think Darla. The uh, three of them, they're all because yeah, all yeah. their younger kid actors are all grouped together towards the ends of the mid-credits sequence when all their, like, adult forms are individually mentioned. So it show, I think that's, like, a big yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. So Pedro, though, he, um, I don't know, is it about halfway, maybe, that he gets his powers taken, so he's walking around? Obviously, so Freddy is actually still kid for most of it. Yeah, he gets his powers taken. But then almost, and then, yeah, like, slowly but surely the rest of them get knocked off. But, like... I feel like the Eugene kid, maybe in particular, gets almost nothing. Actually, you know who probably gets the least time, hmm. kid wise, is Billy. Yes, it's he's Billy Batson. He's never a kid. There's literally like three scenes, maybe, in the whole movie. Yeah, where he's there. And he's like, and he's the main guy. 
You should think. He's right? a, it's or the a, end. And the very end. The, so. the very, very end. I'm literally thinking it's like the, the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's like a scene at school. And then... There's a scene where he talks to his mom or whatever. And and, and the scene where he... And then there's a the scene at the very end. Very end, yeah. Like, I thought for sure when he came back to life, he would be him. But he's not. He's just Zachary... Quint- Levi. Uh, Levi. Like the whole movie. I don't know. Um, I, th- I don't know. I don't know why... It's th- good. Don't get me wrong. The comedy is still good. And I'm sure... I suppose on some level that, like, I would assume that the older actors are maybe better at <laughs> what they're yeah. doing there, which is fine, but I don't know. It still seems a little weird. I just couldn't couldn't shake that. Off, like, yeah. yeah, I noticed that, too. I felt like, I was like, they're in there a lot. Also, why were they, I felt it was kind of weird that they were in their forms when they're in the Rock of Eternity. Like, you could just be yeah, right? your kid's self. Just chill. But I guess they would like it. I mean, it's probably cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's if you were if you had adult superpowers, you would fly around in your little so, Blair. I didn't realize. I guess I, full disclosure, I've never really read a, a Shazam comic or anything. But it seemed to me at the end. I don't even think it seemed to me at the end of the first movie. Um, each of them only has one of the powers, right? It seems like it. Yeah, but uh, they all just have all of them in this one, mm-hmm. which is fine and all. It's just I I wasn't sure the rules there, but apparently that the at the end, the end of the first movie, when they all just have one of them, that is the exception. That they usually have them all. Oh, okay. and that was just kind of, I guess, for the movie. Yeah, probably visual shorthand stuff. Mm. It's a cool idea to play off of, but yeah, no, they they are all supposed to have all of them. So, got that going for you. Um, oh, the other, they obviously Mary. The thing with Mary though is that she doesn't have a different actor. Yeah, she's, she's the same. Both of them in this one, which I had effectively gaslit myself into believing that. She was both of them in the first movie as well. Yeah. She's not the <laughs> Right, yes. She does have an older version in the mm-hmm. first one. Okay. And then she kind of, they have a plot where they're, she's talking to Billy a lot about moving on. She didn't end up going to college. Mm-hmm. It never really says why. I think it's to stay there and fight crime or fight, Yeah. Part of the team because he clearly relies on her. Yeah, a lot to like guide him. And then she, But he, Billy himself is now about to be 18 and move on. And he's like, ooh, I gotta get out of here because they don't get money for me anymore. So they'll be feeding me without getting money. And they also already feed her. So we kind of got to contribute or get moving. And he's a lot, got a lot of imposter syndrome. Uh, that stuff's still pretty good. A lot of like the central yeah, oh yeah, conflict yeah, between all them, sure. I like. Um, they do the classic kind of thing with Freddy where they're like, I got to be on my own now. Don't overbear on me, older brother Billy character. Which eh, I see it a lot, but it was all right. I still liked it. Yeah, it works. You know, well, and doesn't, wouldn't you know it all works out in the end, huh? Wouldn't you know? Because he's like, I'm sorry, Mom, I will leave. And, well, see, I mean, there is some stuff like that where it's just like, I feel like they just put in like one scene towards the beginning of the movie and then just pay off that scene at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like like first act to third act with nothing in the middle to really fill it in because it is mostly just a goofy, fun action movie or whatever. But I don't know. It feels, it, it just felt unearned. Like with the mom thing, right? With um whatever her name is. Rosa? Is it? I believe so. So everyone else, all the other kids are able to call their mom, and he, he never brings himself to do it, at least at the very beginning, right? Yeah. Because he's got all that trauma with his mom in particular and stuff, I guess. But then at the end of the movie, he just does. And there's just, I don't even think they speak at any point in the in between to no. like why he would grow in that way. Yeah. So it just feels a little unsatisfying. And it's the same way kind of with Freddie and Billy and their thing, too. So I don't know. It's whatever. Like, again, it's nice. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And Nate is. He's like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll move on when I get old. And she's like, no, of course not. Like, we actually, you're, you're, you are our kids. Yeah. You know, we're, we're your mom and dad, basically. So you can stick around however long you need and stuff. It's cool. So, because he's got all this, you know, fear of, like, abandonment and stuff. Yeah, rejection and being useless and all that. So. 
Classic stuff. But he gets over that mostly, I guess, so it should be cool. He does. Uh, and then at the end, got, he uh, kills himself. Yeah, he has to sacrifice himself. So they, they grow the tree of Atlas or the world tree, whatever they call it, Yggdrasil, whatever the fuck it is. Um, and then they make a, they put a little barrier around it, and he fights Lucy Lou. He charges up the little stick for a million years. You almost died in the process. Yeah, I was, you know, I don't know. Been working all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of hours. I don't know. I was just sleepy. You know, we saw it in the evening, and I was just, it just kept going. Where I'm just, he's charging it up. I'm like, all right, he's ready to use it, but he just wasn't. It kept looping, and I was, you know, the eyelids were heavy at this stage of the evening, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll clock out for just a second here. <laughs> I'll give him a minute. So I was coming in and out of that. And they do kind of the same thing twice where he flies through the dragon <laughs> the breath. Same. That's how I feel. They and then they were the like, all right, twice. we got to stop. Now I got to return a little more. It wasn't enough. And then is it again? And then he finally blows that fucking wood dragon up. They did it. But he dies. Oh, he's dead. Oh, oh no. Holy shit. So um, they take him to uh, heaven or whatever, to the god realm, and they bury him. But then um, they're like, oh, can we bring him back with the power of the staff? And they're like, oh, you need a god for that, though, and there's no more gods left. Uh, but wait, Zach, there was. It was. Is it a character from earlier in the movie who will be a satisfying payoff to a, a previously established plot thread? Well, define earlier in the movie and define plot thread. Now, do you consider weird date sex dream a plot thread? Of course not. Why would well, I do such a thing? I've got bad news. Oh, no. I'm glad you're sitting down. So, one woman appears out of nowhere from behind a pillar, a gateway, and he goes, Perhaps I could be of some assistance. Like Bill Murray in Space Jam. She does a space gem, and she goes, frankly, fellas, I'm, I'm here now. I know I could have been here the whole time because I'm literally kind of Greek, but I'll revive. And she revives the whole god realm, which is just one kind of island, mountain, castle. Mm-hmm. And then Billy's like, it's me, I'm alive again. That re- resur- resurrected me. And then- It's so dumb. I hate it. I hated this uh, particular aspect of the film very much just because of how stupid it is and, and inconsistent within the logic of this film. Not only, again, is... Wonder Woman's presence here not ever established or set up or anything other than just repeatedly throughout the movie he's like well I have a crush on Wonder Woman, on Wonder Woman which is fine or whatever but that doesn't that's yeah like, that's not the same thing it's like get in line bub <laughs> sure <laughs> I'm just saying that's not an actual like setup for a plot oh, of a thing no. to revive um, you from the dead yeah and the, as well though it it's not consistent with the internal logic of this movie which is that to use the staff to use the power there, whatever you have to take it from the god, like permanently, like mm-hmm. all the Shazam kids when they when it happens to them, they can't use their powers anymore. When it happens to Anthea, that's what happens, right? But in Wonder Woman just takes it up and then uses it, but that doesn't seem to happen to her. Presumably, I can't imagine she's given up her powers for this. No, not at all. It's just really stupid. It's just another one of those things where it's like these DC fucks have no clue how to actually do the shared universe thing, right? Like, well, even I, a little I don't know. Bit. Maybe they felt that they were like, "Well, we p- come on, it's Wonder Woman in the in this movie. Like we're we're crossing over, we're doing you know connectivity, but it's too much. That's not the kind I'd like. Connectivity you want? It's nonsense. It's it literally is just. I mean, I commented. It puts the fucking Deus and Deus Ex Machina. No, it's inc- that was incredibly like relevant. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that afterwards. I was like, no, he's you're dead on the money with that because the Deus Ex Machina. For people who don't know, if you allow me to mansplain a little Roman theater here. What it was is, you know, it's it's this term for this device in just pretty much any fiction, really. Yeah. Which is when seemingly at the end of like a third act of a of a story here, um, something just shows up to just save the day, and 
again, it usually means like it hasn't been set up prior. Yeah, God the of the machine of God. Yeah, and it's it's Deus Ex Machina means mach- the yeah machine of God or whatever, which is literally the the device or whatever the stage you know craft device that they would use to lower the actor who was portraying whichever god into the scene and he's like up in the heavens and he's like okay i'll just do whatever needs to be done to move this plot forward to fix this literally and we'd be like ah cool and you know it'd be like oh yeah they weren't really set up but you know it's the gods they can do that right yeah it's rome yeah it's rome you know you get it they're gonna take over judea who gives a shit yeah um so it's that, like to a T, right? So to a T, it's because they're it's almost yeah because they're literally because Greek. They're literally Greek. It's, it's so like, fine a point. It it feels like it's a parody. I was thinking, like, is this intentional? Is this a joke? Am I being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher gonna That's pop really out? I, I was like, Jack really nailed it with the Deus Ex Machina thing. Where I'm like, is this? It almost it almost feels like it couldn't have been accidental. No, but I think it was. Oh, it absolutely was. I think somebody went. Oh, and we'll put Wonder Woman here, right? And they went. Uh. I don't think so. And they went, mm, all right, you're fired. And they brought another writer in and they went, you going to do this? And he went, absolutely, I will. To literally just have a god show up and save the day at the end without any, you know, prior set- explanation set up or, or anything. It's, yeah, it's, it's too perfect. They it's, did a day of sex mocking on us all. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you, I couldn't have write, written it better myself. You can't. You re- like, literally, like you said, it borders on parody, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I don't know. That's all right. He's a, he's alive. So. Yeah. And then we get a mid credit scene of, oh, what is their names? The Peacemaker fellas? Yeah, you get them. Uh, Big Beard, Die Beard, and James Gunn's wife. Yep. Good uh, enough. Going over being like, Billy, would you like to join the Justice Society? And he thinks Justice League, and he goes, absolutely. And they said, Society. And he goes, mm, I want the one with Wonder Woman. And they go, we can't do that. Why they can't do that? Uh, who knows? Who cares? Still really weird. I don't understand this world because well, do people know what the Justice Society is or not? Yeah. Again, Black Adam seemed to suggest it's been around for quite some time. Um, and in that one, it would have to be much, much older than the Justice League in that same universe. Right. But then you got like Batman v Superman, which seems to suggest that there are no superhero teams because they're yeah. the first metahumans kind of to they, show up. Yeah, it seems to imply that they're the first metahumans, period. Which can't be because then you have like Suicide Squad as well, where it's like, wait, why is there already a prison full of supervillains? Yeah, what? Why do you? How do you? How did you find King Shark? And it's almost like there was just no plan, consistency, or plan, or mapping out of any of this bullshit. But now James Gunn's writing every single thing in the new DCU after the Flash, and it'll be great. So Justice Society, which at this stage would, oh, I guess I keep, I keep forgetting that. Hawkman didn't actually die. Hawkman's no, still good. It's because of... Dr. Okay. Fate's gone. So you got Hawkman, um, Cyclone. Adam Smasher, and... Is that her name? I think it's Cyclone, yeah. Something Wind like that. Wind Lady? Yeah, her. So I guess Shazam can join them, I guess? Yeah, and really just be the, the magic powerhouse. If they ever actually do that. They won't. Or this is like a... Uh, this <laughs> post credit scene is just like an artifact from before they, the, the current plans were set into motion and, you know... They decided there's no way in hell they're going to make another Black Adam or whatever. Oh, absolutely not. Maybe they'll just pivot that into this, though. Like, they'll be like, Dwayne, we'll give you, we'll take pity on you. You can be in Shazam 3, but it's not your movie. Don't get it twisted. No one liked your movie, but they like the Shazams. Because it's good and not just a weird. and funny and stuff. Not we're just like some power fan, some Sigma power fantasy where you're edging (laughs) to kill everyone. Which should have been what it was the whole time. Because, like, Black Adam's just. Shazam's villain. He doesn't yeah. have to be all this. We don't need to he make actually movies about villains. Yeah, we don't I don't need, need do three Venoms. I don't need Morbius. We don't actually need Stop to do that. Stop making movies about the villains. 
Shazam. They can just villains can be villains, fellas. They don't have mm-hmm. to be whatever the fuck Venom's doing without any Spider-Man connection. Ugh, Venom. What else in this movie? How did Black Adam get those powers, man? Uh, sure about the it's wiz- the same guy. I mean, it's it's Shazam, right? Yeah, the Wizards gave it to him. They didn't take it away for some reason, even though they can. Does he have different a different set of powers from different gods? No, they're the same. Right, but then how does he have them? Because the, if Billy and them are the champions, why? You're asking a lot of questions, Zach, and I That's really what I mean. I really think you got to stop. You're gonna make. You're just gonna. They're gonna come and get you. Frankly, they're gonna come and kill you. Here it is. Deus Ex Maya. The Wikipedia definition is. Um, in, in English, it's got a God out of the machine is a plot device whereby a seemingly unsolvable problem in a story is suddenly and or abruptly resolved by an unexpected and unlikely occurrence. Its function is generally to resolve an otherwise irresolvable <laughs> plot situation to surprise the audience to bring the tale to a happy ending and or act as a comedic device. So, yeah, that's so it's on the money, especially when you add in the detail that she literally is just a God who does it. You can't. You, man, that's uh. funny. God bless him. And, you know, and they say cinema's dead. That's right. This brings it back. One of the oldest traditions in all of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, stage performance. Acting pro... I don't know. Yeah, have everything take place in one room and everything happen off screen. Oh, he does have different ones. Does he? Oh, he does. He has different gods. That's it's right. It still spells Shazam, though. Shu- he has the stamina of Shu, the strength of Herchef, the power of Amon, the wisdom of Zahudi, the speed of Anpu, and the courage of Menthu. I think I knew the first one. It seemed to most it seemed to all be Egyptian, which obviously would make sense for Black Adam. Right. Then why does we can talk about why does Billy have uh, some Greek, some Roman, and then randomly Solomon, a classically Jewish figure? It's crazy. Not right? a deity, just a, just the son of David. I don't think he's even a prophet, if I remember. I mean, Judaism listeners, correct me if you'd like. Uh, I won't. I won't respond. <laughs> Christians believe in him too. Well, whatever. They've had their day. He's still the fucking like ancestor to Christ That's true. and all. Or however That's true. that works. Solomon was Jewish, as they say. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I'm doing a plan. Jesus was Jewish. I don't... Was he David's son? Yeah, he was David, son. and then he he was Rehoboam's father? Yes, I believe. Incredible What stuff. a great name, Rehoboam. Mm-hmm. I only know how to say it because it was food. Oh, yeah. They do name the weird AI... Because they... Well, monster. Yeah, because the first one was David, and then Solomon. Was Solomon Rehoboam. And then Solomon's all right, though. He's a good guy. He's going to split that baby in half. He's wise. He's wise. And he was like, you didn't want that baby to get cut in half horribly. You're the real mother. Which is just, I mean, I know you're not supposed to make fun of it that much. It's not supposed to be that deep. But it's still fun to make fun of how silly that is. It's a crazy story. It's a great story. And it's true. All true. It all happened. Uh, But no, yeah. It's, it's, I, 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 the answer, Jack, I think I got it for you, buddy. Oh, you do? Is that, um, well, they wanted a special Shazam. Hmm. Now, you can ask yourself, as I often do, like, could they really have not found a single other god that starts with S? I reckon they could have. I if reckon they, they... If they'd looked a little harder. Other than just, yeah, landing on Solomon, it's crazy. It's so crazy. That's... It doesn't make any sense. Because in case you re- re- forgot, it's Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and who's last? Mercury. Not even all gods. Achilles is a hero. No, none of... No. It's like you said. So Hercules, especially, assuming they spell it like that, is the that's the Roman pronunciation, or uh, spelling... Atlas is Greek. Zeus is Greek, obviously. Mercury Achilles is, is Greek. That's also just mm-hmm. another hero, demigod guy. And um, But then Mercury is Roman. It's the Roman version of Hermes. Yeah. So Crazy. Also, a lot of these are kind of redundant. Like yeah. Achilles is strong. Was Zeus not strong? What's the power of Zeus? It's just lightning. That's... He can do the he should lightning. Yeah, the lightning. The power of Zeus is. But... See, but then, like, okay, so, like, Hercules' strength, I get the super strength, right? Like, if we're talking about the end of the first movie. Yeah. 
So, like, Zeus has power, so lightning. But then, like, Achilles has courage. What does that look like? Yeah, what makes them fly? Mercury is speed. Like, I remember at the end of the, fir- the first one, right, Darla was all zipping around, so I guess she had the speed of Mercury. Which one's which one makes you fly? You think there? Zoops, like air currents. <laughs> I wish I knew. Wish I knew. And then I guess Mary has the wisdom of Solomon because she reads organic chemistry books she's all smart. the time. Yeah, she reads yeah. books. Great. Achilles wasn't courageous. He was immortal. Like he was unkillable. That's not the same. Yeah, it's he, really easy to be courageous when you can't die. Well, it's only your heel. God, that wizard's a dumb son of a bitch. I wonder how his family's dead. Clearly, what happened is like he's like these are the ones we got. You know, I zapped Hercules last week. I, I got Atlas this morning. I got the rest of these guys all stored up in this stack. They didn't make a big... I feel like they didn't mention specifically enough that he had Atlas's power specifically. Yeah, they forgot ma- that detail. That, like, yeah, he's got the power of Atlas himself. In yeah, him. So they stuck it from him. I guess they got it. But. How'd they get Achilles? Did they just kill him when he was just around? He was When they got him right before he died? And they were like, we got him already. We've had you him see, for a while. See, that's the thing, right? It's like, are the myths real or are they not? Whatever means they're kind of real. Because according to the myths... Uh, Achilles and Hercules were very much mortal. <laughs> oh, very much. So, wh- why were they still around so that you could get their powers in your staff? Well, Hercules becomes a god when he burns away all his human parts. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, I guess he could do that one, but Achilles still doesn't do that to him. He's like a real mortal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Homer wrote about Homer was very clear about that. Was he? I don't know. Maybe. I didn't meet him. I don't know the guy. <laughs> Where did, when did Homer write about Achilles? In the Iliad. Yeah, but he doesn't die in the Iliad. No. The Iliad ends before he dies. It ends with him, like, dragging Hector's body around the city. Oh, right, because he died. I forgot. Who died? Hector. Well, yeah, he kills. Yeah, yeah. Poor Hector. Yeah, Which yeah, one was yeah. his friend? Which one was? Achilles. Which one's the one that he made? Uh, something with a P. That's what I was thinking. Pygmalion of. or something? Because that's the one he might have been gay with, and they wrote that other book about it that everybody loved. Hector kills that guy, and that's why Right, he right, kills of course. Yeah, I, that, yeah, I knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And Brad Pitt plays Achilles. In Troy? In yeah. Troy. I don't know who plays Do you know what's waiting on that beach? Immortality! Take it! It's yours! Wow. You could be Brad Pitt. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I've not seen Troy. It's an alright movie. It's it's uh it is what it is, you know. God bless it for that. I'm a, I'm like the Odyssey myself. So I've actually read the Odyssey. You know who plays Odysseus in Troy? George Clooney? Sean Bean. Oh. That's pretty good. At the end they do a, a funeral for Achilles and they're like, This guy was pretty sick. Oh, he was so sick. He couldn't die. He was so brave. And the Ninja Monster was like, Alright, fellas, hold on, come here. I gotta take his courage before it leaks it, well, out. In the, in the movie, he's not actually immortal. No. Well, then what's the fuck is the point? I don't know. That's the whole point of Achilles. <laughs> kind of, yeah. What the fuck would you... At the end, he dies um, because Paris does kill him with arrows, but he just shoots him like a few times in the chest. <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> well what was even the point of doing all this? Make a di- Don't make Troy then, he, he doesn't just shoot in the heel. He just gets shot like in the back <laughs> and he's dead. He's I, mean, a dead person. I guess you're not going to make him invincible in the one spot. I guess you can't do it halfway. You got to do yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah. But how hard is it to do it all? Well, I guess it would take away any of the. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know why. I don't know why they decided. Why, to adapt, why did they do any of that? To adapt that without making sure that Achilles was also mortal, very mortal, invulnerable. But all right. So we got Agatha got a Shazam. I guess. Anything else to say? <laughs> sure. I don't know if you had anything else to say. I just. I think it's really, really stupid um, that. Wonder Woman brings him back to life. I don't know. Did oh. you, you, t- you mentioned the mid credits. He didn't even talk about the end credits. Oh, scene? yeah. The end credits scene was kind of nothing. Uh, it was crazy. It was um, Thaddeus, the film from the last movie, in his prison cell with all like the seven deadly sins symbols scrawled all over his walls. And a robot bug appears. Yeah, like a worm with like a voice box. box thing. And it was like, I've done it. I'm back. And he's like, well, you're, you're talking about this plan two years ago. 
where have you been? He's like, it takes me on the get place. I don't have wings. I, I, I have to crawl everywhere. He's like, actually, I forgot something. I'll, I'll tell you about it when I get back. And he's like, no, come back. So that's never going to get talked about again. I'd bet you dollars donuts. No, surely it will. And Shazam 3. Surely. Wh- why would you say it wouldn't get? Well, I don't know. It seems okay. like. Because the new plan thing. Uh, oh, do you mean Shazam 3 is never going to happen yes. as a movie? I don't know, man. I still am not sure. I get conflicted. I get confused about this. I could see it either way, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, on the one hand, it's like... It, I mean, the first part is called Gods and Monsters. Shazam. Yeah, God, the gods and the monsters. But just, it feels like the the more we get about it, it seems like it's going to be more of a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. Not like a hard reset of all this stuff. So, I don't know. I gotta imagine, I mean, again, his wife was in this. So, and at this point, if they they knew, they wouldn't, they just wouldn't have that scene, probably. Yeah, they were just taking it out. Because there's no, no one, no one is really served by putting in scene, you know, allusions to stuff that were never going to, that they, if they knew definitively they were never going to do it, they, surely there'd be no reason to keep it in there. Mm. Just to get people riled up. I don't know. So, I feel like maybe they will. I mean, we, they haven't, I don't think that's one that was specifically mentioned, but. I'm sure there's room for it. Yeah. And these are, I think, some of the... Well, I guess I don't really know what this one's doing. Let's see. We're still early days. It's only been coming out, out for a couple of days, but... We'll see. Yeah, I just didn't know who the worm guy was. No, I have no clue. Did you... Did we, did we bother to look at it? No, not even a little bit. I didn't look at it. Perfect. And we'll never know. It's got a 91% from Google users, 6.7 on IMDb, 46 on Metacredit, 50, 54 on Rotten Tomatoes, so... It's another one where it's like people. Your average Joe seems to enjoy it just fine. It's the critics, those damn critics. It's Godforsaken monsters. Ooh, apparently, apparently had a thirty million dollar opening, which isn't actually too great. Super stellar. Yeah, especially for a movie like this, they keep getting more expensive. Huh. So maybe it won't uh, actually do that well. <laughs> oh no, that's unfortunate. Not well they tried. They gave it their all. Yeah, but, I don't know. It only took forever to, for it to come out. So it. Uh, Maybe it won't actually do very well at all, critically or financially, and they'll just kind of be phase out, done with this. <laughs> I hope not. I enjoy these just fine. Yeah, I certainly do as well. But what are you gonna do? I, nothing I can do about it. Nothing. Well, you got anything else? No, I think on that I am. You are satisfied. Fine. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll attack out of this to episode three of the Mandalorian. Uh, the what is it? The convert. Convert. Thank you. Chapter 19. Uh, chapter 19. So this picks up almost immediately where we leave off last episode after um, Bo-Katan rescues Din from him almost drowning because he's an idiot and wore armor in the water. She pulls him out and she's kind of staring at the water like, holy shit, I just saw a giant fucking mythosaur. Jesus Christ. And Din wakes up and he's like, let's go, baby. I'm, I'm redeemed. I've done it. I did my religion thing. And he gets a little vial of magic juice water. He's like, let's let's head back, Bo-Katan. He's like, uh, did you see anything in the water down there? He's like, nope, not even a little bit. Let's don't even think about it. Let's head home. And they're flying back, and they get tailed by these fighters, uh, these tie interceptors. Yeah, they right. Tie interceptors. Uh, they do a little bit of the flying around we saw in the trailer, where they're flying through the cliffs and stuff. Uh, he drops Din off, like when he uses his jetpack to get to his N one and help her out. Uh, while they're fighting. While they're distracted, they bomb her house. She's real upset about that. And then, understandably, understandably, you you would be. I wouldn't. Want, I wouldn't bomb my house, um, despite my Irish heritage. Uh, and then a bunch of other Tie Fighters show up, and so they escape uh, to, as in, at least at this point in the episode, unknown coordinates that he sends to her. 
And then we cut away to Coruscant, and we get yeah, a whole sure. Coruscant episode. So all we see from this is that there's clearly some kind of sending of an Imperial force. Cause oh, yeah. There's like, I don't know, what is it, like seven or eight or six or so TIE, tie interceptors that they the two of them take out. But then, yeah, her castle is bombed by some TIE bombers and then a bunch of TIE interceptors show. Oh, yeah. And um, as Bo-Katan says, like, no simple, like, Imperial warlord would have this much at their disposal. So this could be something, the sign of something bigger on the horizon here. So that's all kind of interesting, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Quite interesting, really. So great set of future plot points. This episode, we'll get into all the stuff it does, but it really, as the second episode of the season did, it just hits the ground running again. Which I can appreciate. Yeah, it really. gets us moving. Gets us real moving. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, curious to see where that goes. Like, what, what, what the Empire's up to. Oh, yeah. Whatever whatever faction it is that did. I mean, it's clearly some kind of Imperial something or another. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's, he's he's good. So, yeah, then we cut away to Coruscant, where we will remain for the majority of the rest of the episode mm-hmm. until we cut back. Um, and we're following, basically, uh, Dr. Pershing, right? Well, we're following the other girl. But, uh for most of this, we follow Dr. Pershing, who's the doctor from the last, you know, two seasons of The Mandalorian, the one yeah. who was working with the child and stuff, um, who overall, he never seemed like a real bad dude. No, no. He was kind of like, you know, forced. Just following way. orders kind of thing. Yeah, and he was doing his best to, like, keep Grogu safe and be, be cool about it and all. Um, so, you know, he's got that going for him. So he's on Coruscant as part of some kind of amnesty program here hmm. where um, he gets to you know, not go to prison or be executed or anything for war crimes or whatever. But, um, well, he, he kind of lives under a certain specific set of circumstances here, which are kind of interesting to see play out, right? Mm-hmm. And especially we see him for a number of characters, including the, the officer chick who was in Ant-Man. Yes. Um, from season two. She's also here. So the thing seems to be that, like, you have to kind of do these, like, jobs that are, like, not super great. And um, you're yep. subject to pretty... Close watch. scrutiny, yeah, and watch, and, like, they're, they're, you know, he's doing these, like, um, sort of evaluations with uh, some kind of psychologist droid, mm. and all this different stuff, to make sure you're you're on the, on the up and up, keep it on the straight and narrow, right? <coughs> and, um, sort of, I think this episode pays a pretty, pretty interesting picture of the New Republic at this point. Oh, yeah. Some of the different stuff they're up to and, and whatnot. Oh, for sure. I, I really like this. I, I like to get and see this kind of side of it. Uh, we get... He's giving a big speech talking about how, like, oh, I'm real, geez, gee, golly, gee, fellas, I'm real sorry I did all this Nazi stuff. And then after, we meet some uh, truly despicable person, as we point out, watch together, where he's like, oh, yes, I was almost drafted. Did you know it was dreadful and in the Empire? She's like, well, that was the Empire. He's like, oh, I can never keep track. Empire resistance. I just kind of sign my checks and eat my big cheese or whatever. Yeah, like, just uh, this, this whole flock of, like, empty, vapid, Coruscanti, like, elite. Who just roll around like, oh yes, oh indubitably. You're an inspiration, but they don't actually mean anything or know anything. Again, there's no substance to them, and they're just like, oh yes, don't you like being here? And oh, ho, ho, ho. um, and you're just like, you people are the worst. And again, that guy in particular, who, but I think you know, he's just he's just saying it out loud. But they're all thinking that it. probably applies to pretty much all of them. The whole just like, ah oh, yes, I never did anything before. Like I didn't really care, and I don't care now. And you know, I was rich, so why would I bother about the empire? And it's like, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you just that's how care. this stuff happens, I guess. Mm. Uh, you're the worst. He probably made guns or something, you know. Oh, 100 percent. He probably owns quad drive yards. He's building all the star destroyers. Of course, he was just like sitting here eating fucking space caviar and shit. Or oh yeah, 
the real the shit that Mon Mothma hated in Andor. Exactly. All those terrible that people. Ex- exactly. Those those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, we we see that they kind of live a kind of interesting like life. It's a little bit almost again. It doesn't paint a, an incredibly sort of stellar picture. I think of the New Republic. Maybe. Um, no. If only for like sort of the organization at points in this movie or this episode seems just like ah, are they really all together or like what you know what are they doing how, how good of a handle do they have on some of this stuff yeah um, but also like i don't know i would hesitate to call it it's not exactly cruel i suppose but i don't know it borders on like Inhuman. it's not great the way they're treating these people right? no because they they have like designations like they have like a letter and a number yeah. to organize them and they refer to each other as that number when they meet and are referred to as such in um exclusively by yeah by like the, ro- the anyone they interact with at their yeah. job i think it's kind of weird feels like the cl- i when i feel like the clones yeah and again they're given these jobs where like it doesn't seem like they have any choice in it they're just kind of given these menial tasks to complete and uh they have to live in like this housing situation yes. like, like a you know basically a big apartment complex that's dedicated to that exact thing and stuff I don't know, there's a bunch of weird little details like that where it's like, this is weird. And and it's kind of like, you know, if these people are actually bad guys that don't deserve to get off with, like, you know, nothing, then, like, maybe actually do something with them, right? Mm. You know, make use of those war tribunals you've been doing this whole time. And if they're not, if you if you actually believe, like, oh, these people weren't that bad or for whatever X, Y, or Z reason, that you know, they had to be part of the Empire, but, you know, we don't believe they're actual sycophants, then, like, you probably don't need to keep them here at all. Yeah, you probably just send them away or just let them get up to whatever they want yeah i told you there's um there's something at least i don't know if it's the exact same thing but there's something similar to this in the alphabet squadron books where after um operation cinder in particular the new republic's like hey if you want to jump ship um if you can prove you didn't take part in that and all then you might get amnesty especially if you have stuff that's valuable to us and useful in taking down what remains of the empire right yeah um, and it's a kind of a similar thing. And in that one, there was, like, th- these entire planets basically dedicated to it where you had all these Imperial defectors just gather and, like, just live in big, like, refugee camps, basically, while the New Republic tried to just sift through it all to find anyone of actual use. Yeah. Um. So it all kind of reminded me of that. Like, it's all the same concept of just, like, oh, we're, we're, we're trying to come back, guys. Come on. I know I was part of the worst organization to ever exist in the whole universe, but, but hey, I, come on. I promise. I was just... I just filled the coffee. I just changed the filters, man. Of course you did. That's, that's what they, what they all, all That's say. what they all say. I was just I was just a janitor. I was just plumbing. Uh, but like I said, at least with this guy, we, we did see him prior, and we kind of knew that he wasn't such a bad guy. So no. he's got that going for him. He wants to do um, clone, continue his cloning research. Um, he mentions, he's like, yeah, you know, the Kaminoans are doing it. And then we started monkeying around with uh, taking a bunch of different genetic material kind of making crossbreeds and hybrids and kind of doing CRISPR. Doing CRISPR. He's doing a bit of Gattaca, I said. Yeah. Where it's like, because he says both donors, which seems to imply, unless I missed something, just like parents, I guess. Yeah. Because he's talking about like organ growing, like you can grow organs. I don't see why you should need both two donors for that. So I guess it's like, because that's what Gattaca is about, is like you can you can design your kids before they come out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's kind of like that. But, seems uh, similar. Yeah, he's like, it, which, I mean, on paper, that does sound pretty good. If he could pull it off and um, it wasn't so ethically fraught. Yeah. I see growing extra organs that you could just transplant to people for, you know, I don't know, basically free, like, compared to having to 
have someone die or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like his mom he said his mom died. Yeah. His doctor and died. If he had, could be able to clone her heart, she mm-hmm. would have a good heart to use. Or I just mean like nowadays, if you want most organs like that, you need to get it from someone who mm-hmm. is similar like, enough. As, but who is dead already? Like, yeah, depending on the organ. Depending on the dead. organ, a lot of them. They get a heart. You take the immune suppressing drugs after because your body will thing. destroy. So, yeah, it. I guess if it was just your liver, that'd be cool. He's onto something there, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So the other what are they? Uh, amnesty and amnesty officers. Yeah. The other amnesty officer chick there who was with Gideon, um, they kind of get to chat and strike up a relationship. They go to a space carnival thing, which is kind of yeah. fun. Oh, we see. We appreciated that on some level, if only for the amount of sheer goofy Star Wars bullshit that was crammed into this, right? Oh, they they really every corner. Which I I mean I appreciate. They they have like glowing like popsicle things. Mm. Um, There's a little bit of the mountain. That was really interesting, right? Yeah. I think it's a fun little concept just to sneak in here, right? The tallest mountain of Coruscant kind of sticking through a hole, and it's the only part of the natural planet you can see. Yeah, which is really fascinating and kind of distressing. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially because, like, and it makes sense when you notice it because it is a little bit lower than a lot of the other buildings that you can see behind them. But even then, they're like, this was the highest natural point that existed on this planet. In you know we've we've easily surpassed it. Oh yeah, by, by dozens and dozens, we've crammed everybody in. There's a trillion people on the planet, maybe based on what they ought to be more permanent yeah. residents. If you do the math, apparently, if you wanted to have a population density closer to like Beijing, say, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the densest cities on the planet, um, it should be much much higher. And you know, if anything. Coruscant should have a higher population density because of how tall the buildings are. Yeah. The entire planet is just covered in skyscrapers. There's no, like, place to get food. Yeah. There's no... It doesn't work like that. There's no, like... Yeah. Any of that. So, it could be a good deal even denser than any Earth city, but who's counting? Yeah. It's just Star Wars. Don't think about it. Uh, So, yeah. She is trying to, like, hey, do your research. Want to keep doing it if you really think it's good? And kind of seemingly baiting him. Cause he's like, first he's like, no, I don't really want to make any waves because they've been real nice to me, and they haven't uh, put me in prison or executed me. So I think I'm gonna keep doing this. And she kind of puts the thoughts in his head, and eventually she convinces him to go to the decommissioned star destroyer and pick up some lab equipment to do his research off, like in the barracks, and kind of continue on his own for the good of it. Uh, turns out they get like found out, they get caught, and it's a it's a trap. Bit and of a double cross. Bit double cross, and she is kind of their, I guess, like a mole for them to kind of yeah. weed out the ones that still have it in them. Kind or of s- I think it's likely that she did on purpose. supplied that yeah. voluntarily, that at whatever point of this, she was just like, guys, I need your help. This dude's going crazy. He's going to be an Imperial again. He wants to clone shit or whatever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and all that. So then when they rolled up and she was there, she was like, yeah, no, this is all part of the plan. But um, yeah. They, they get him, and they're like, oh, clearly you're still an Imperial. Once an Imperial, always an Imperial. We know how to solve this. Yeah. We'll fucking mind wipe you. And they, so they bust out a thing similar to, they say, well, pretty much, I guess it's the same device as a mind flare. It's just how it's used. Mm, yeah. Right? Um, which is a thing we have heard about a couple times. We hear about it in this episode. We hear about it in season one. Um, but this is the first time we've ever seen a mind flare, I believe. I, I think could so. be wrong. But it, especially in live action, for sure. Mm-hmm. But Certainly. Um, it's a very creepy scene. It's terrible. I hate stuff like this. I, I really do. Yeah, I never liked the scene in like a horror movie where the doctor's like, "Time for your medicine," and they're strapped down and they're trying to fight it. They're begging. 
Uh, and they're all like, no, no, it's fine, really. Or it's a low voltage, and you, it'll, it'll be great. The end of Sucker Punch, they, um, do a they lobotomize the main character. It feels similar to that to me. I hate it. I don't like any of that stuff ever. Yeah, I don't like the idea of, like killing your mind. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, they got him, and they're like, well, if we use really small dosages, we found that it can actually resolve some kind of anxiety and and traumatic memories and and trauma stuff. And he said, we'll do that. And he's like, I don't like this. And he's right not to because uh, the other, you know, chick there is like... Got it out for him. Got it out for him, clearly, turns out. And um, effectively, like, weasels away in there alone and turns it all the way up and just fries his brain, presumably. Oh, yeah. And and so he gets rid of all his memories of it at all. Which has, we assume, got to be her motive, right? Oh, yeah. Behind all this was ultimately she didn't actually care about the New Republic or whatever, it seems, because she is being duplicitous and lying and not not being truthful with them about it all. Mm-hmm. So it seems as if what she's going for here is, yeah, just wipe his memory so that, you know, for certain, that he can't finish, finish whatever it is. He wants to start. He was working on with yeah. the cloning and, and, you know, whoever or whatever he was trying to clone, um, which is interesting because it's like, why is that the case, right? Why would they want him, why would they want to prevent him from, from doing that? Yeah. Cause it's, so. and, he, and he mentions how he could use all his technology to like the guy who's given him all these like this data archive, and he's like, "Why can't we just use it? Like, what's wrong with using something that the Empire used? If we use it, cor- we don't. If we just don't use it for evil, like they did, it, knowledge is knowledge. We shouldn't, you know, discriminate like this." And basically, his supervisor's just like, "Hey, buddy, why don't you shut the hell up about that and don't think about it and just do as I tell you, huh?" And he's like, "All right, man, I'm, I'm sorry." And it's it's like you said earlier, like it's very clear at the base of the speed at which his supervisor like breaks down is like, you need to stop asking me about this. Just do as I tell you. Wipe the discs and get on with your life. Like the the Rudin Republic's like, eh, we're, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think you know, and there's there's a lot of different little stuff scattered throughout all kind of media, different novels and and even the the you know sequel trilogy itself to all to all explain why it is the New Republic was kind of a failed state by the time. The first order rolled up, and why they, you know, put up such a measly, essentially non-existent resistance to the New Republic or to the First Order. That is, um, mm-hmm. and it's because of shit like this. It's not necessarily because they were bad guys or even like excessively corrupt and stuff. It's in a lot of cases they they really just you know overcorrect. They overcorrected in in certain areas, and they also had the thing of like they went from overnight being a resistance group, right, being mm-hmm. the rebellion. Um, going from being an armed rebellion to trying to actually manage the whole galaxy, uh, yeah, man, actually manage a state. Those are different things. Those are very different things. So you know, I think it's understandable that they had some hiccups here. And and overall, it, the New Republic isn't a bad government. Not like, of course, not in the same way that the Empire was. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not run by bad people, but they just made some missteps. Yeah, along the way, like Mon Mothma was in charge of a lot of this, and and you can lay some of the blame at her feet, but you know she's she's not a she's not bad at what she does either, obviously. Yeah. So it's all that kind of stuff. But I guess the thing is, we we assume that this uh, the officer there was her name Nia. What did she say her name is? I think it's Nia. Let's see if I can bring it up here. But she um, we're under the assumption that she's working for some kind of imperial faction out there still, right? Yeah. I, mean, I suppose it could be something else entirely, but the my guess after seeing this episode is that she's working for some kind of imperial group or another, uh, potentially the same one that you know is chasing Bo-Katan Dean and Bo-Katan, Dean. Bo-Katan encountered this week, um, which would 
logically follow that, you know, being that she worked for Gideon and she's still, she, you know, it's probably a, probably a Thrawn thing. Probably a Thrawn thing. That, that big boy's coming back. Maybe connected to, or maybe Thrawn, like, you know, poached her kind of thing after the events of season two. Hmm. Um, and this was an intentional thing where, like, she kind of, like, snuck on in, right? Yeah. And she knew who to get the, and how the, to get him. This was all part of the plan. Was that, like, oh, he'll be here and then you can do this. Elia is what's her name. So, here's her name. Um, so, I, that's, that's the assumption I'm going off of. Again, who and why they would specifically want his memory to be gone so that he couldn't follow up on this stuff wouldn't exactly be clear because you'd think, I don't know, if Moff Gideon wanted it, whatever other Imperials are out there would also find it worthwhile, but mm. suppose not. Yeah, I, that's what I was, I was th- probably thinking that too, that she's some remnant of Gideon or, like you said, picked up by Thrawn. I assume it'll probably be someone like Thrawn. I'm just not going to do Gideon twice in a row because he's been taken or he's been I don't know. I mean, do we think he's going to be in this season? Because I guess I would have to lean. They do keep mentioning that he's gone. Getting, yeah, so in this in this episode, that someone specifically mentioned that he... There's a rumor, at least, that he escaped on his way to the war tribunal. They didn't get him there. And someone else goes like, oh, no, that's just a rumor. Cause... And someone else is like, oh, they hooked him up with a mind flare there. They got his ass. I feel like they would know. I mean, like, yeah. Star Wars isn't that kind of universe, right? It's not like a 24-hour, like, news iPhone news type thing. Um, but, the, you know. News gets around. You think it gets around. And if, um, you know, famous war criminal... <laughs> Moff Gideon. Uh, Moff Gideon just didn't show up to his... Tr- like, they were like, he's on his way, and he, they lost him. I don't know. I feel like that'd be common knowledge, but... They'd at least whatever. leak out. You would think, but mm. maybe that is the case. I mean, again, there's, like, lots of different... St- we talked about this with the first episode, right? I think it's just, like, the timeline is not super clear. Yeah. Especially with the way that <laughs> certain uh, creators behind this talk about it, and, you know, there, there evidently is a discrepancy between how the show seems to present itself and what we're meant to... Like, no. understand so maybe it's been a while maybe it's not been that long i don't know who knows it could be both it could be either it's really hard if, to tell if, if grogu's with you uh luke for two years then it's been at least two years since they captured moff giddy and they were like we gotta give him a good two years before we give him this trial so yeah did that did it happen a while ago that they tried to take him to trial and they they fucked it up and just people don't really know yet that seems weird because like a whole year has passed yeah you think gideon would have made some moves I mean, he, maybe he is making his move now. Uh, it's hard to yeah, say. Could be, could be. I mean, he was at the premiere and stuff, you know. Oh, old Juan Carlo. So, bless him. Was, yeah. Again, I don't know. It's weird. I'm curious to see what what exactly her motives were to to carry this all out. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think on some level, I guess she had to do it in a way that she could also get away with it, and you know, because she still hasn't blown her cover yet, so she could hang out on Coruscant for longer here. I guess if she has cause for it, or. I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose there is a chance that it's just a coincidence that, like, and she reverse engineered this opportunity out of it. Yeah. That, like, she's just like, mm, the doctor's here. I wonder if I can do something with, you know, with, with that to my advantage. But I still, I got to believe under whatever, any and all circumstances, she is doing it in support of the Empire of some kind, whichever yeah. faction or group. So I was thinking that she maybe had a personal grudge against him or something, but I don't oh. know what it would have been. Hmm. Like maybe yeah. maybe she just I see what you mean. She was just like you did cloning and he did like some fuck shit to someone she knew or something happened and he was like, Well now I can get him. Maybe. But I mean I think I think it'd make more sense if he just connected to like the villain of this season. Yeah, I think um, so. That's how I feel. I don't know though. Yeah. Again, it's weird. It's weird that he was an asset to them. I mean and whatever it is, maybe it's just the type of thing where like they don't want it to fall into 
The wrong hands. The hands of the New Republic, because it is good info, whatever he's got about cloning and stuff. And so if if they ever did start taking him seriously, he'd be able to share that, and they wouldn't want that. So Yeah. But, yeah, um, he's, he's done, though. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. all there is to him. Said I did like him. I thought we were going to see... Hopefully we see a little bit more. I yeah, assume we'll see more of her and these characters. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, so then we we hard cut back, right? Oh, yeah, so we get... to it. So that whole Coruscant thing, which is like, mind you, it's like a 30-minute sec- uh, thirty minute segment of this whole episode mm-hmm. just played in, you know, sequence. Um, interesting idea. It's yeah. not something we've ever got anything like in The Mandalorian thus far. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I'm... I thought it was going to be the whole rest of the episode, but I'm glad we got to cut back and got to, like, finish our Din storyline. Yeah, it's, story it's bookended by, you know, the Din Bo-Katan stuff, which is probably for the best. Yeah, I think so. Not to get our the fans too upset. I'm sure we would have said something about oh, yeah. it if, if it didn't. If, if this episode was entirely just... Coruscant? I would think that was weird. Oh, yeah. I, I would have to agree. Uh, especially the ending the way it did where a man gets mind-flared. Especially because, yeah, I don't know. I guess they would have to not do the opening part either. Mm-hmm. Which would be weird. Like I don't know. I, yeah, I, I would think I would want that in my Mandalorian show. I'd have to agree. Uh, so, like you said, we end with them, and uh, surprise, surprise, the, the place they can escape to is where all the uh, not Death Watch. What are they called? Children of the Children of the Watch. Uh, people are all of Din's old buddies, and so they land there, and Din's like, "Probably keep your helmet on. Let's not freak these fellas out. Let's keep everything copacetic." So they get there, and Pev Vizsla is waiting for him, and he's like. Get out of here, you two. You guys suck. You're apostates. He's like, actually, hold on. We were, we did the thing we we're supposed to. They're like, no, you didn't. It's cursed. As they've been doing for all season, they're like, you literally, it's literally impossible. You're not allowed to, or I mean, um, uh, you're not able to uh, go there. Fix it's, yourself. It's broken or whatever. And he's like, no, I got this tube of water. I promise it's real. And he's like, we'll see. We'll see about this. So they take the armor, and he's like, got the proof right here, lady. Uh, we're back. And I thought she was going to, like, destroy it and be like, oops, not the real water. Sorry. And that would really break Din's yeah. faith. We were uh, hoping. We were hoping, but it didn't. Uh, she just dumps it into a, a big tub drum of water she had, and it makes a little, that's whatever, reaction. She goes, nope, that's legit. Only legit? They both did it. This is high-quality shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's that grade-A shit. It's great. We're going to drink it all. It's like, Din, God damn it, you're back. This is the way and all that. It's like, Bo-Katan, you're, you're with us too. And she's like, yeah, if you took a bath in there, you didn't take your helmet off, then you're actually gay, okay, my mom books as well. You're one of us. And obviously we can't read her face because she's wearing her helmet. But she, I can't I can't imagine she's super thrilled about joining this cult she doesn't like. Like, maybe destroyed it. And maybe she is, though. At least a little bit. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking, too. Maybe she's like, oh, if they, they, got, they culted her. They got her. Well, yeah, um, as cults often do, is like kind of prey upon people and they're most vulnerable. Um, you know, Bo-Katan's kind of coming off a loss in general. Yeah. And then her house got um, blown up, so she's really got to be aimless at the moment, right? Like prime picking for a cult. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, that combined with the stuff from last week where it seems as if, I, I don't know, she had some some kind of emotion, you know, in, in respect to Din's commitment to the creed and stuff. Like, yeah some amount of admiration or, or something to, to be like, oh man, like I, it seems as if maybe not even just admiration, almost like envy. Like she wished she cared that much mm-hmm. about anything because she is so like lost and aimless now because, you know, everything she's tried has failed like three times over by now that she just makes sense that her character is not one that is overly, you know, optimistic about pretty much anything. Right. But um, this could be a new, I guess a new opportunity for her. Which is interesting. Yeah, I would have never expected this. Like, 
seems so diametrically opposed to almost everything in this. Oh yeah, in their whole their whole creed here. But yeah, the armor is cool with her, which could be a little bit of double psychology or whatever reverse psychology on them. But mm. I don't know. It remains to be seen. Ultimately, everyone gets like some nice shoulder claps. Yeah, they're all like, "Oh, good on you." Which is the way. Probably we don't get. They any... say this the way a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Also interesting is that Din kind of reveals. Not reveals, but tells Pav before he lets him in that, like, no, no, the we got lied to, so we stay away from the planet. Interesting. And then he kind of looks around. You can tell maybe he's shit. Obviously, we can't read their faces. But I feel like he shakes him a little bit. He's like, well, how are we not? You're lying to us. You didn't go there. So it seems like he maybe unintentionally is going to break down this religion. That's kind of the sense I got. But I, I suppose when he said, like, they've been lying to us or whatever to keep us in, uh, in exile, or... We've been, he says we've been lied to, yeah. um, and I think he means like all of us as the Mandalorians have been lied to by some other group. third third party yeah, the Empire perhaps. But I don't think he's like, hey Paz, you and me are being lied to right now by that bitch in there. Yeah, because that's not the way this goes. They all are like, you're cool, or whatever. Which again, I I I just can't. Maybe maybe we are just wrong, Jack. But at this point, I'm really struggling to imagine that the armor really is just like a purely good pretty fair at least yeah, I don't to her own creed because it seems like I don't see it Jack she might be but I think it's very much the case like alright well now we got Bo-Katan and we're getting her when we can and she and, and no one else is going to stop me because she did the thing that she's supposed to and as long as we keep her here and make her do all we want we can kind of I mean she knows Din is a dark saber and clearly she's up on the up so it's like well we got the yeah. former leader and the guy who can be leader we can kind of move our clan up in the world. And if we assume, like we've been doing for a while now, that she is a, like something of an antagonist here and that she is, she's aware that it's all kind of bullshit and that she is this cult leader who is using this as a, as a means to control other people, then like, yeah, this is some good manipulation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Bo-Katan, why don't you join us? Why don't you, know, why don't you, you, you seem like you belong, right? Like, you yeah. Could, you could come, you're one of us, you know? Yeah. You can leave or not or whatever, but you've, you've done the thing, so... You're cool by us, and, you know, again, with the state that Bo-Katan is in lately, she's probably just going to be like, yeah, that's cool, I'm all right with that. Yeah, at least for a little bit, she'll be like, oh, I'll be here for a little bit, and then obviously it'll spiral. I'm going to come hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe she has plans too, though, you never know. Yeah, she could be trying to double-cross Maybe them. Maybe Bo-Katan is also like, nah, I'm going to take this thing out. I'm going to take it apart from the inside. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think it should. Like, it doesn't doesn't seem super sweet. You know what I was thinking about? What? When you're watching this is like if you're if you're one of these people, do your children not get to see your face? Oh, they they must not. Yeah, no living thing can what see your, your face. lover. How do you have how do you take a lover in this? Probably just lights off. Personality, I guess. <laughs> lights off. Cuz you're not allowed to take your maybe there's rules for your like your immediate family. Maybe it doesn't apply, but Yeah. The thing they say is that you can't no living thing can no see No living your thing face. can see your face. So I don't know. That seems relatively get a bunch of straight, droids to talk to. Straightforward. Yeah, but they must have kids on some level, right? I mean, uh, we see at the beginning they've got that kid, right? But yeah, you and that happens you, when you're whatever thirteen or however the old that kid was. You, you get your face covered up for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why Din is so awkward around people because he doesn't know how to read he facial doesn't know cues. What faces are because yeah. no one ever. Yeah, could be. Wouldn't even surprise me. Oh yeah, they're just crazy enough. Uh, she also. We seem probably Bo-Katan will be obsessed with the Mythosaur the rest of the season. She looks at the oh, uh, yeah, yeah. the big pendant. And she's like, "It's in there, man." In the beginning, she was like, "You see that guy? 
Den's like, see what? Huh? See what? I was, I was. I saw the ground as I as I raced past <laughs> on my way to the bottom. bottom. And she's like, mm. and I was drowned. He had to revive me. It's all right though. He, you know, he got better. Came out on, on top for the most part. Yeah, you think he would have pressurized his helmet so he wouldn't be like, Bleh. he should have done a lot of stuff in that scene, but you know, like stopped walking, but just kind of kneeled and dunked. His brought head his jetpack, any number of things, but who am I to say? Yeah, you know, you're no Mandalorian. That's right. You've shown your face to many living things. That's right. So yeah, I'm very curious to see what, if any, I mean. And the one hand, it kind of seems like Bo-Katan just stumbled her way into this. Like, she just rolled up, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you are you too. And she's mm. like, huh? What? Who is this again? Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being an intentional move on her part for whatever mm. reason. Right. Because she didn't have to come with him into the cave. Yeah, that's how I feel. And she didn't have to come with him back to the planet. This planet, I don't think. So, you know, she was like, I'll be your witness. But again, if she really didn't care that much, she wouldn't. So... Maybe she's, you know, this was at least in some part intentional to her. Um, I suppose it could go either way, like e- either to try to figure it out and dismantle it almost from within or because she genuinely just wanted a place to belong. She's, yeah, she's looking for belonging, which this isn't, the, this is not the place for that. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Again, at least without some changes. <laughs> some I serious changes. Would not be cool if this, if they both end up together, like living in harmony on, with the Mandalorians of the children of the watch that does not sound like yeah. my idea of if they start rounding up good. everybody being like yeah no children of the watch they're actually the coolest around we love them yeah it's so about the gist of it again i mean the whole the middle thing was cool i do, I do think it was neat yeah um, you know i'd be lying if i said it didn't feel a little bit you know out of place like oh this is just a whole weird little thing in this in the midst of this other thing yeah but again I'm sure those details will become relevant, and and there was you know plenty of good lore, you know world building within this this stuff. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. And again, I'm glad we got the bookends. And I suppose like on on the other you know the flip side of that is that obviously the the din stuff did not move as far forward as one might like, but I think it moved forward a fair bit regardless. Yeah, I think we got enough. It moved forward enough, and we got enough like questions. Like we know kind of where we might go next. But not like, oh god, we gotta start from scratch, and he has to do new whole new quest. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully next week we just get all the fallout of this final din stuff. We don't cut away too often. Yeah, it'd be nice. I really would. Gosh, I don't know if it's a season three type thing or not, but I think I would really like to see him really come completely into like fully, you know, definitively into conflict with the armor and the stuff, and be like, let's get to the bottom of this. What is going on? Yeah. And when whatever form that takes or wherever, you know, that takes goes after that, I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see it. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you got, I think it's probably, you got anything else to say? I think it about, about covers this week. All right, perfect. So, we'll attack out of that into the Last of Us finale. Uh, episode 9, uh, Find the Light. As it, the light. Like, fuck. I really thought I had it, too. I wasn't even doing a bit that time. <sighs> Way she goes, Jack. Way she goes. So, look for the light. As kind of a response to episode uh, one's title, when you're lost in the dark. Uh, so I think it's lost in the darkness, but that's lost in. Oh god! Damn it. Anyway, <laughs> <coughs> so you remember, listeners, we predicted last week this episode was going to be four hours long. It would have been a, <laughs> a super mega episode. Uh, it turns out we were immediately proven wrong right after recording because the next day the episode was released and it was 43 minutes. I didn't remove it because god damn you, I won't. I won't back down because we've got integrity. If we've got nothing, nothing else. So we left our incorrect prediction in so that you guys can have this one. Just one. This one over us. 
Well, never. It'll this, never of course, ha- being the first and only thing we've ever gotten wrong. Yeah, and we'll never get something wrong again because we're laser focused. I can't imagine how we how we would. We're too smart. We're simply too smart for that. But this finale, couple of smart boys, couple of smart boys. Uh, this only picks up a good deal of time after the last episode leaves off. Oh yeah. So, um, and they've made their way to Salt Lake City. Uh, it seems, at least where they are, it's a little bit warmer. It seems to be spring, spring timey. Uh, the snow has melted, uh, and they're climbing around, you know, talking to each other, hanging out on a highway. Yeah, you know, as they do. They got no car. Uh, and then is this in the start? Ellie's a little bit distant from Joel. Yes, likely for. Couple of things. Couple of things. Likely. Well, I would say largely, you know, the events of last episode. Almost getting eaten and raved. And uh yeah. And and having to murder that man and hack him apart with that cleaver. Um all the rings all the reasons we talked about last week, she's changed. She this experience has changed her. Yeah. And um so she's a little bit different. She's a little distant, at least for the time being. Um and there's also probably the impending like nature of like the the journey coming to an end. Uh, yeah. It's having a bit of an effect on, on her psyche. Um but the thing that's, I think, even more significant, maybe this this episode, is that Joel is changed oh, yes. in a big way. Um, I think, like it's you know, it's been it's been a long time coming, but this is the most you know, it, the fully complete right arc of it of uh, Joel's coming out of his shell, basically uh, softening again, and the you know, complete return to him in his you know, I don't know, dad mode, right? Like yeah, he's full he's on. fully back to just. The absolute closest thing to the beginning of, you know, the very beginning of the first episode here um, that we have seen since then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is like, it's stark. It's fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. He's like the, trying to talk to her and the his little uh, quips. Yeah, the whatever contrast between like, yeah, episode one Joel and this Joel. Like they're, diff- they're different human beings practically. Mm-hmm. He's like talking, joking, and having a good time. Like mm-hmm. he's... He is trying to draw Ellie out. stuff out of her now, which is just such a fascinating like dichotomy there. Reversal, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Used to be she was like, "Haha, I got these dumb jokes. You like these and stuff." And now he's all like, "Hey, hey, come on! Well, you want to throw the ball around with your with <laughs> oh, your old man? <laughs> now, what, what do you listen to? You, you winning? Are, Are you, you winning? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what's going on here. Um, that's all right, you know. He tries. Yeah, he's trying his best. He's as all dads do. As all dads do. So you never really know our fathers. <laughs> no, that's probably, that's probably very true for Joel. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what do we do? We we traverse through the city a bit. Oh, they they climb up a little. They cl- want to climb up a skyscraper. The classic move to see the get a vantage point. And as they do, we finally get it. What we win for the giraffe scene. The giraffes. Let's go. How they survive so long in Salt Lake City? Hey, why don't you shut the fuck up about it, huh? Cause it's like whimsy. Well, they get winners there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like yeah. genuine winners in Utah. It snows. Like, yeah. Deep snows. Deep snows. And it wasn't like it's... And it's been 20 years since... And everyone stopped using cars at the same time. Yeah. So maybe a global warming would kind of... I was thinking about this. I was like, how'd they get out to begin with? Yeah. I was thinking, I think the, the hardest time for the giraffes would be initially. Like very beginning. Mm-hmm. But the implication here is obviously that after enough time... The city gets so overgrown, they just, I don't know. I don't know what they get to eat, but the implication here is that they just eat whatever the shit grows on, you know, the this, sides of buildings. Yeah, because <laughs> it's all tall enough for them to reach. Which is good enough. Yeah, that's good. But, like, 
it would take a minute for that to all come in, you know? Oh, yeah. So it would have been it have been some hard months for the giraffes, I feel. Bending all the way down, finding water, because it wouldn't actually pool up anywhere. Yeah, I don't know how they managed that. Oh, I guess we forgot the prologue a little <laughs> oh, bit <shit>. to this. <laughs> the very important part. <laughs> I totally forgot about this part. Yeah, I totally did. Uh, the, the very prologue to this, jump back real quick, is... Um, Ellie's birth. Ellie's birth, yeah. So Ellie's mother, Anna, as uh, portrayed by Ashley Johnson. Who portrays Ellie in the game. Yeah, so very nice little twist here. You, you, you called it out last week, and, and here you were immediately. Vindicated. Uh, rewarded there. So, uh, yeah, this is basically the, this is, yeah, Ellie's birth, um, literally. So what happens here is that Anna's on her own, and um, she's coming to meet with some people, but they get held up, basically, these other fireflies. Mm-hmm. And so she's on her own, and a uh, zombie busts in the house and uh, bites her while, while she's in the midst of labor. Basically, and, she, and in the process of stabbing it, she gives birth to it first to Ellie, but is also bit, bit which is weird because uh, that doesn't seem good. But she she gets the cord all cut real quick and all. But um, you know, I believe the implication here is that that explains Ellie's unique uh, sort of nature is that mm. she was exposed to the exposed to it like right as she was being born. You know, so like. Presumably, there has been, you know, as soon as as morbid as it is, there has to have at some point, right, been pregnant woman who've been attacked, who was attacked and bit, and her and presumably her child, however that would work, would die and become a zombie, infected and shit. Probably, hmm. that's distressing to think about, but it's probably happened. But this exact scenario, a mother in the midst of giving birth, uh, it's our, like the bit as the baby is whatever that, yeah. That has to be completely, or at the very quite rare. Let's say. oh yeah, it's a one uh, you know unlikely type scenario. So again, it's never directly stated by any characters in this, but I think the implication is that that's why she's the way she is, which mm. is cool. This is a detail that's not present in the game. Obviously, again, we've said this multiple times, right? But like, this is obviously an advantage of the show is that you can expand out to these different perspectives that um we wouldn't have otherwise yeah so yeah it's cool ashley johnson does a good job i think oh yeah uh we see um marlene yeah marlene obviously is there that her connection to ellie is that she she's one of the fireflies that uh her mother is waiting for and is like hey take care of my daughter she's like absolutely i know the perfect place for her fedra weird it's still a weird choice i mean she's probably on to something like that probably really is the safest place for a kid but it's just the logic doesn't hold up no not at all I guess it. I guess it shows how far your ideals really go, huh, Jake? Huh? She's got all these. She's talking a big game about what she believes, and they want to tear tear it all down or whatever. But also, it's just like push comes to shove, it's like, well, I can't be bothered. Those guys know what they're doing. You gotta give them. Gotta give it to them. Yeah, clearly, bloody hell. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then obviously we back to Salt Lake City, I guess, because we covered the yeah. yeah. So part. the giraffes, giraffes. They do the giraffes. Much to say about the giraffes. Uh, very nice. Like giraffes. They heard. Where 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 they come from? Where they go? Can, where they is go? there any chance that giraffes survive like harsh winters? It just doesn't I, seem. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm Sometimes li- I worry that my understanding of animals is a bit too narrow, mm. in the sense that I'm just like, well, if animal lives in warm place, animal must only be able to survive in warm place. Right. That's not strictly the case. No, they, they can adapt. Yeah, they can adapt. They're, they're, you know, like you think of humans. We're kind of hardy in that way. You can kind of mix and match. Yeah, <laughs> but if giraffes can't make clothes. 
I can't. Like, what do they do with giraffes in winter in colder places at zoos? Keep them inside. Keep them inside, right? I, I think they, let them, they might let them out every so often, because there's always uh-huh. pictures of animals playing in the snow. Playing in the snow. But I, don't, I think it's probably like, all right, they're going to come in eventually because they are get too cold. Because I assume their hair will probably go thicker, because as long as that happens, it might just oh, naturally. Yeah? Maybe a little bit, but not like... They won't, like, get a nice, thick, like, musk ox coat where they're mm-hmm. like, well, these animals are built to live in the winter. Just thicker and, like, this is as thick as their coat's going to get. Because it gets colder in Africa. Like, it drops to, like, 50s, 40s at night, depending on where they are. Mm-hmm. So they're, they are pro- they are built to survive colder temperatures, but not, like, literal huge snow drifts, yeah, negative, yeah. negative yeah. kind of temperatures. I don't know how that works, but. Yeah. Well, the other thing is we were talking about, right, is it, well. Zombies, like all the oh, all yes. that other stuff aside, the reason that humanity is also fucked should, I think, apply to the giraffes. I think they're the, loud and moving around a lot. Yeah, and those zombies are fast. And they got the they hive mind in this. They would they would tear the giraffe. So for whether the giraffe can catch the cordyceps or not, again, like they keep saying throughout the show, the immunity is only worth so much because the zombies will still just rip you apart. Yeah, they get Ellie every time. I feel like. I feel like the zombies would eat the giraffes, but... Maybe they're like, we'll leave the giraffes alone. They're protected. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. They're endangered. Come on. Leave them alone. I mean, they, they're, they're doing their best. We're not here. monsters, all right? Uh, so then they have a nice little view of the whole city, and then Joel's like, hey, why don't we just go back... Good hey, old Mormon town, USA. God bless him. Brando's favorite place. <laughs> I mean, it's where he lives. Where he lives. He loves it so much. Uh, that big church. I've seen that big church. It's, it's surrounded by a big wall. Sounds about right. Yeah, keep all the non-believers out and the women lovers. I believe they're called uh, Gentiles. Oh, do they call them Gentiles too? God bless them. <laughs> I don't know. That's what Joseph Graham calls you, or Joshua Graham calls you in Fallout New Vegas. So, hey, And he's about 50% of my exposure to Mormons right there. That's pretty good. That's good enough, I think. Nah, maybe maybe he's more like 30. I was going to say 33 because you also got compile, under the well, bed well, of I'll, heaven. I'll just add it all up. Yeah, of course. Do it right now. I don't know about percentage-wise, but it's just like it's mostly South Park. The South Park okay. episode where they where they did that thing every time where they were like, by the way, this is what Mormons really believe. That the South Park episode, uh, under the banner of heaven, uh, Joshua <laughs> Graham mm-hmm. and uh, Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, that's most of it. So it's a nice twenty five all the way around. Yeah, right? we can just do that. Sure. Yeah, at least a quarter, and you know that's all right. <laughs> but um, yeah. So we have a moment here where Joel's like, "Hey, actually, fuck all this. Am I right?" We can just leave. Yeah, we can just hang out somewhere else. That'd be fun. Yeah, we don't have to do this. This kind of blows. Those fireflies, got, they sucked. Am I right? Let's just go head back, hang out at Tommy's. And she's like, nah. I mean, no. She's like, well, we're all the way here. We've come We've come this far. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, and she's gotten a bit of life back in her. Like, she she very much enjoys the, the giraffes and is laughing and, and, and frolicking and whatnot. Oh, of course, of course. But then, you know, a bit of the solemn nature returns to her and she's like, no. Like, this is what we're for. Like... On some level, everyone who's died thus far, right, they all died for that. Everything that Ellie, everything that's been done to Ellie, everything that she's had to do, that they've all had to do, has all been for this goal, right? This, I mean, this is the, the plot of the whole thing. Yeah. So she's like, we got to follow it through. He's like, all right. Um, and they're just more, more walking and talking. Um, and again, he's just, he's so open. Like, it's, it's such a difference. Even to, you know, not even just the beginning, but even just a couple episodes ago, right, when he was still not cool with talking about Sarah, right? Yeah. The whole, like, okay, it's not word for word in this scene, but or in the show here, but the whole, like, you know, you're treading on mighty thin ice here. Like, that's not present here. He's, like, freely telling her all these different details about Sarah and stuff and, and his relationship. And, um, how does that, how does that come up? Basically, we get to this thing where he's 
but talking about his. Uh, we find this old um, army star. camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They find like a rundown like medical facility. Yeah, yeah. That's bef- it's the U.S. Army, so it's before Fedra. Yeah, before Fedra existed, I guess. It's yeah. Not really, I, I'm still curious about that. I don't know if there is more lore out there that I'm aware of, but like how it is that Fedra came to be. Exist that's what I was because I I assumed it was just the army that like yeah. morphs into yeah, Fedra. Yeah, I think so. I think I mean that's essentially right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they're just kind of a bunch of armed fascists. Um, but yeah, I was, I was I wondered if they explained more, but well, it's because Fedra. It's like a like the federal something or like they're named as if they are like a agency an agency as part of a larger government, but they're not, of course. Yeah, they are the government. It's all that's left is is Fedra. So real quick, Fedra stands for the Federal Disaster Response Agency. Oh yeah, it just says following the outbreak of Cordyceps, the Federal Disaster Response Agency replaced the United States government as the nation's leading authority. They took control of the military and declared martial law, removing the bureaucrats from power. I don't know how that happens, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Sounds. Violent. It's a bit hand wavy, but okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, so Joe talks about how he was in a camp like this, right? Right. Probably when the outbreak started. Probably in Texas, right after um, Tommy saves him or something. And they she tells a story about how he got his bullet scar because we know that some guy missed. That's all he told us in episode what four or five, two, three, something. Three? No, four. 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 I want to say four. Uh, and then. Uh, they keep talking about it, and Joe reveals that somebody did miss, but it was him. He tried to kill himself because he yeah. He was in the camp because he was hurt. Yeah, in the head there, which is the same wound where yeah he had previously told her someone had shot him and missed him. Hmm. And so obviously he's right after Sarah died, so he's pretty pretty distraught, losing his only daughter in the apocalypse, as you would be. And he talks about how he didn't see any way out. So even though he had his brother, he was like, "Nope, I gotta go," and he was gonna shoot himself with his rifle, we assume, or some kind of weapon, some kind of firearm. His revolver. Probably. His revolver. I guess it's true. Um, but then he flinches; he can't do it, and so it ricochets kind of off his head. Doesn't he? Do kind of like yeah, pulls it, pulls it to the side there. Yeah, at the and last just second, swings himself. Um, this is a pretty full on. Oh yeah. See how this this is detail. I don't. I do not believe this is in the game. Like I because I don't think the whole like deaf in one ear. Scar on the head. I don't think any of that is in the game. I think this is a complete um, addition for the show here. And that's, well, that's a, this is a really good scene. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like, obviously, it's a good bit of acting from everyone. It's like, a, you know, important moment for, for their characters and their relationship and stuff. Again, he's he's practically an open book at this point. Yeah. Um, And I think this discussion here will um <laughs> become quite relevant in a minute here. This idea that, like, he was. He didn't have anything to live for after Sarah died, right? And he he was ready to just just end it all. Like he says he couldn't have been more ready. Like, which kind of makes sense. Again, I mean, y- you really almost like wonder at times. Like, there's that scene in episode four where he's like, "You gotta, you always gotta find something, right? Um, to keep going, like family or whatever." Which for him was like Tommy and eventually Tess and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I have often wondered, like, in you know. The immediate aftermath of Sarah dying, like, what would keep you going? Like, it really does feel like that'd be enough to just put you over the edge. People. Yeah, and it turns out it was almost for him. Like, it just he just barely couldn't bring himself to do it, but he was he was ready on some level. So yeah. that's yeah, really interesting character beat for Joel here. Oh yeah, and then pretty much immediately after here, they keep on walking and they get a attacked by fireflies. They get <laughs> flash mang by some yeah by some jack boots, which end up being the fireflies who bring yeah. them in. And then uh, Joel wakes up. Just and... good, I guess, because that's yeah. who they were looking for. But it's just like... Could have been a little bit nicer. Do you want to talk? Yeah, you want to yeah. ask? Like, 
these guys they're such assholes big flashbang first ask questions later kind of people like they that does not seem necessary flashbangs are dangerous jack and, and from on. behind them too they from were... behind like it would have taken i mean i guess you do want to take chances but there's like several of them they've got better weapons it's a do it's an old man and a girl right like it's yeah. i would think to most people the scenario would be kind of like okay, I can I see what's going on here. So let's let's like bring these people in or whatever we're gonna do. But like, you probably don't need to do all that because again, if they had talked for like a second, it would have been resolved. Yeah. But like, hey, you, are you fireflies? That's who we're looking for. We're, this is the girl with a cure, and they'd be like, ah, oh, we're looking. Oh, you're we're waiting for you. That's but incredible. Uh, yeah, was, maybe maybe these guys are just not the nicest folks around. Maybe maybe they're all just thugs with guns. On some level, perhaps. Perhaps. So then uh, Joe wakes up. In the hospital that they're at in Salt Lake City, and uh, Marlene is there, and she's like, "Hey, buddy, you made it! I made it! Way- I also made it! I went way quicker than you did, all the way across the country. And it took me months because of snow and such. But also, you guys maybe did better. <laughs> yeah, maybe because uh, she makes it, but she loses more than half of her guys. Yeah, they all died trying to get her here, which who were like presumably trained, you know, trained, hardened firefly badasses, mm-hmm. um, not just." an old man and a girl <laughs> yeah but it's probably a numbers game thing much easier to transport just you and a girl perhaps and a bunch of people you have to feed easier to be like take pity on you if there's a girl with you maybe although they had some close calls regardless they did and also, they barely made it through also they had their brother having yeah, a brother. Tommy helped out Tommy really Tommy was, a big, was help. a big help yeah they, she, they didn't almost die in that in that suburban house oh yeah and almost was eaten alive by a cannibal so oh absolutely absolutely so not great um so then it's revealed what's what how they're getting this cure. Uh, Merlin's like, yeah, you know, we're prepping her for surgery. We're gonna cut her fucking brain open and get those little cordyceps out and make it into a vaccine, I guess. Uh, and you know that's gonna be it. And she's gonna die for the greater good of humanity. And Joel's like, fuck you, no, she's not. And he's like, yeah, so that's your call, there, buddy boy. The reveal here is that the the specific mechanism of of what's going on with Ellie, which again I don't think was ever elaborated on too specifically in the game so mm-hmm. this is cool to get is that again b- because we didn't know the whole bit at birth d- detail is that she's had this cordyceps in her since birth for whatever reason the way it happened it didn't become normal cordyceps and just take her brain over and make her uh, infected it's grown inside her since birth but it gives off a, a the, the same kind of messaging that like the cordyceps does where it quote unquote like talks to one another right yeah what the infected people do um but this what this does is it you know, tells the other cordyceps that she's infected, even though she's not. She's not, which is weird. Like it doesn't because they still try to get her. So it's not in the sense that like they can. It's not like World War Z where they can sense it. Yeah, it's not quite like that. It just means that I guess the other cordyceps doesn't try to infect her. I'm like a can try to. I don't know. It's weird to describe. Um, I'm personifying the fungus the fungus a lot in this, but you get. Yeah, this, it's like, well, hold on, but point. I'm already here. You can't yeah. do so. It's like, oh, basically, I'm sorry. Basically, if she gets bit and the cordyceps rolls up, it's uh, like, hey, occupado. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm someone's, I'm in here. I'm in here. And you're like, oh, okay. I'll so, leave. Th- yeah, that's the basic, you know, hand wave explanation as to why she cannot get infected, which, well, it seems that's satisfactory to me, I'd say. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, I think that's a good, because you. Good as any, right? Good as any for this. <laughs> um, so cool. But yeah, um, they have to cut her brain open to get it because that's where cordyceps grows and um well doing so obviously kills her yeah uh joel's none too happy he's like mm, fuck you no you're not i'll kill you and he, she's like i thought you'd say that good thing we got these two guys to take you out of here very calmly you're listen sucks but like this is obviously important like you know 
saving all of like humankind perhaps like it's it's a pretty big deal she's like listen i don't want to do it either i'm cool with ellie i uh you know as we saw in the sort of uh, cold open to this episode she's got a history there she promised her dying mother who was her friend that she would take care of her and she's still willing to go through with this kind mm. of thing yeah um so yeah they're like get out of here joel fuck you they don't even give him anything which seems shitty to me because he 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 Seems to me that he did him a pretty big favor. Yeah. This is only all for a car battery at Quite first. the job. He was initially supposed to bring her outside of the city. Yeah. Right? That's like, all he had to do. And now he brought her all the way here, directly here. So, I don't know. It feels like you get a little something for your troubles, but whatever. Um. Well, turns out it doesn't end up being of much relevant either way, does it, Jack? No, not at all. Because uh, two guys. Not enough to stop Joel. Not enough to stop Joel. He takes him out. Pretty, very handily. And he gets a real gun. He gets a big boy gun. He gets a couple big boy guns in this. And then he just kills every single person in the building. He, um, It'll kill he m- just goes on a rampage. Oh, yeah. He gets some. So, Very video gamey. The most video gamey the show becomes. Well, I was going to say the exact same thing, Jack. I mean, obviously, I guess everyone, It's yeah, it's kind of self-evident. Like, this is the most video gamey the show becomes. You're totally right. And, and it's interesting. I don't know how to feel about it, necessarily. Because mm-hmm. we talked about throughout the season that this was an intentional choice that they made to not have it be as video gamey, right? The violence in general is toned down and there's less of it because for most people at least, um, the reaction to violence in television and in live action like this is different than it is in video games, right? For yeah. better or worse, in video games, especially games like this, the 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 violence is kind of just like, you know, it's it's gamified literally. It's not given as much weight, you know, as as a matter of course throughout a video game, you're killing However many dozens of people, it's just, it's not given the impact it maybe ought to. So when you're adapting to a show, that doesn't really work. So they tone it down, and they do. Joel kills whatever. How many people on screen? I mean, if you're not counting, like, the people he snipes and stuff. Uh, not many. It's like, it's probably less than ten people altogether, even even then. Yeah, he in kills. In terms of people. Because even in the sniper thing, he doesn't kill many. No, it. He might mostly kill zombies then anyways. Yeah. I mean, he, he kills the old man who had the sniper. He kills, he kills the guy with the bat. He kills the two guys in yeah, episode eight, it? tortures. Oh, well, he, no, of course. No, he kills three guys. He, he kills kill the, three of those guys at least. Uh, he might kill more of them. The point is, I, I, you know, throughout the season, I pointed out a couple examples where like, oh, in the game, this is a whole fight sequence where you take on like fucking 15 bandits who show up and you kill them all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's way less of that in general, right? It's it's toned down, which I think makes a lot of sense for adaptation. Um, so then this is kind of, a, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of two minds about it. Because on the one hand, I do think that if there is any scene that they needed to really emphasize the violence in and show, you know, maybe just how many people he did kill, it would probably be this scene. Yeah. At the same time, though, it does, I think it creates a bit of a weird contrast. Just because the rest of the season has not been like that, then you get this scene and it does, it feels a little bit too much like, oh, this is like a video game sequence where you just roll through. Yeah, just mow down motherfuckers. So, I don't know. You know, in general, like things are pretty hard for Joel like it, it the the violence is also grounded in that sense that it's like everything's a struggle right mm-hmm. this is not presented in that way no not at all he just wipes the floor with them and on some level it's like whatever he's got the determination of got the drive dad in him or whatever, but that's <laughs> weird that doesn't really work yeah no it, it, it's like he's just better than all these other trained people yeah so or might, I don't or know. maybe younger than he is he's he multiple times they play up how old and like he's not holding upright but he's driven by adrenaline so, yeah, it feels like there should have been a little bit something more here to really convey, like, why, like, 
Like he's able, like I don't know, something he did smarter or better than them, other than just he run through and he's just real good. Mm-hmm. Inexplicably, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. It doesn't bother me that much, but it's one of the rare sort of something to think about criticisms I yeah. would have of this. Um, so then he, right, we'll, we'll finish up and then yeah. we'll come back. We'll circle back. Okay, so he makes it to the house, the room where they're operating with Ellie, and he's like fucking unhooker man. He's, he's like he's blowing dudes away on the way. He executes yeah. a guy who's like surrendering at one point. It's, oh it's yeah, full on little war crimes for him. <laughs> sure. Uh, and he the guy doctor's like I'll stop you with a scalpel, and he without I can't let you take her in the most nonchalant way, he just shoots him right in the head and gets rid of him. Almost comical, yeah. Almost comically, yeah. A different thing. It would almost be amusing. How dismissively he just blows that guy away. Yeah. Uh, and then the nurses are like, hey, man, I just work here. Take her. And you know, they turn around. He's taking her downstairs. And then he gets to the bunker with uh, the garage with a car. And Merlin's like, buddy, you got to stop. What Come did on. you do? You can stop. We can still, you can still do, do the, the right, right thing, thing here. And he's like, ah, I reckon mm. this is the right thing for me. And then mm, he we'll sh- see. And the hard cut. Yeah. Hard cut to the car. We're driving away. And you say, oh. I guess Joel drove away alone, maybe. maybe. Maybe he did decide to do the right thing and leave her. No, it's all right. No. <laughs> Ellie's in the back. Ellie's in the back asleep, and she wakes up from her amnesia, or not amnesia, her um, anesthetic, and she's like, what the fuck? What's going on? Am I, I'm alive? What's going on? And he's like, nah, yeah, the, you know, the drugs are wearing off. You know, Ben, it's actually attacked, and everybody's dead, and they couldn't even do it. Before that, he says- Oh, he lies to her. I forgot. There's another there's lie. There's tons of them. He yeah, says they've, they've seen many people like you, and they've not been able to do anything with it, unfortunately. Yeah. There's just no cure. Yeah. So I don't feel bad. You tried your best, but, you know, it's not your fault. And then Bandit showed up and killed everyone. <laughs> yeah. And so, we'll never go back there again. We can't ever go back. And then Marlene's been, she's probably dead kid. Sorry. Ooh, Ooh. Sorry. That's tough. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a real bad luck. It's a bad time all around. But so that's why I had to leave your clothes and shit, too. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good. Um, In the game, he doesn't even give her that much. He just drives away. He's just like, yeah, they didn't need you. So then, uh, she, so, like, it's weird that she doesn't, she doesn't ever ask the question of, like, then where's all my stuff? What happened to Marlene? What do you want? Yeah. So, and this he he has to come up with an even you know more strained <laughs> explanation for that one, but that's all right. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut back. This is when we cut back to see what happens with Marlene. And at first, she has him at gunpoint, and she seems defenseless, just holding Ellie. And she kind of lowers the gun, and is like, "Come on, Joel, please!" Like almost begging him at this point just to help her out because she's kind of she's kind of at her wit's end. And then he just guns her down. Secret. Yeah, he's got a gun in his other hand and pocket gun. Blasts her. Just blasts her away and is like, all right, and leave, kind of leaves her to leaves her to die for a sec. Walks away and then comes back and finishes her off. She's just, you know, I guess he's a little bit humane. Doesn't let her bleed out in a parking garage in Utah. For the well, I th- I don't even know if it's that. I think he doesn't risk that she might not bleed out. <laughs> oh, that's also true. Because she's like, yeah, come on, leave, you don't have to. And he's like, well, just follow us. That's true. Bang. Good soldiers follow orders, which is his orders. Uh, and then they, you know, make it towards Tommy's place. That's where they're heading to, you know, hang out and relax. And He's like, we're just going to head on back. We're going home. That's what he says. We're going home. Yeah, nice home for them. Uh, and then their car breaks down like five miles away. They just do a classic hike. Bit of a walk. I do. He tells, talks about how like they'd be, fr- uh, her and Sarah would be friends. And it's like, yeah, you know, I think you'd like each other. You'd make her laugh. And I think, you know, you'd, 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 you weren't the same, but you'd be different. You'd, you'd attract each other with your differences. Obviously attract and all that. And then right before they get to like the hill, they're overlooking it, and they're right there. Uh, and Ellie finishes off with like, "Did you lie to me? Basically, like, swear to me that everything you've told me now is true, so I can like rest easy knowing that you didn't do something while I was knocked out." And he's like, "I swear, I'm I'm, I'm boy, a scout's honor. I she, totally didn't kill everybody in that room." She tells him about Riley, 
Yes. And in, in everything that we, we as the audience saw in episode seven there. And she's like, she was the first person like I cared about who died. And then Tess and so on and so forth. So they all died. Like for what? Like for me, I guess, to live. So my life needs to mean something, basically. This is this is kind of at least big like driver, I feel. Mm-hmm. Is that she's like, all these people around me die for me. So I need, my life needs to be important. And obviously this is a very, you know, sort of tangible sort of for like um i don't know like uh i don't know the the potential to make a cure out of her is a very tangible like goal manifestation of that yeah so she's like so you just i i need to know like you gotta keep yeah you gotta complete with me is this true or not like and he's just like yeah <laughs> totally i would never lie and uh that's it yeah we, we don't know and she's we watched uh after we watched the finale yeah we we did look at the how the video game does it he's much less convincing in the game yeah. At least in this show, he's like he's very more like stoic face. Oh no, yeah, he just straight up. Yeah, it's good. Again, this is a great example. Like sometimes I think there's a couple different little, um, you know, performance differences and and deliveries throughout this season where when they do these scenes that are just basically one to one from the game, where like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I think I like what Troy Baker did there, mm-hmm. and sometimes I am like, yeah, I think Paige nailed it. I think maybe in this one it's a little bit more convincing. I think it's maybe more real for Troy Baker to be like to like almost stumble. And, you know, we're putting a little bit too much on it, but yeah. yeah, he does have one of those things that's like almost imperceptible, like technically, but just when you're a human being, you just recognize that stuff in other human beings and the way yeah. they talk and act and stuff. So just like a slight like hitch in his voice or something to be like, uh, yeah, no, totally. Whereas yeah, Pedro's completely stone faced, doesn't give away anything. Yeah, he's 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 doesn't take a second to hesitate or seem like he's hesitating. As soon as she starts talking, he takes a beat and goes, "Yep," and that's enough. For Ellie, and like they say in that episode thing, that's um on some level Ellie needs to believe that, regardless yeah. of what she like. She's probably smart enough to know that's not what right happened. away that that can't be what happened. Mm-hmm. It doesn't lo- follow logically, but it's kind of in everyone's best interest to just pretend like she believes, at least for the time being. So that's what they uh so you do. And that's it. We get the yeah. hard kind of end. How the end of the episode? End of the season. Good ending. And the controversy of what is decision plagues the reading comprehension of the internet. It's great. It's good stuff. I see, but it's fascinating. I love it. See, like, mm. we always talk, like, oh, haha, discourse and stuff. But, man, I, I mean, that's what, that's what I do, isn't it? So we all do. We go on here and we read it and show. And I think with this one in particular, I think there's enough. I don't think it's completely so completely clear cut as to be like, well, you know, one is, you know, these people are right and these people are wrong. I think there is enough room for varying opinions here and that's why it is fascinating to read and I think that's why this particular discourse, I mean, obviously the fact that this show came out is reigniting in particular, but even then, it's it's a discourse that has flared up, you know, intermittently, repeatedly since the game came out. Yeah. They say this in the after the episode thing that, yeah, this is legitimately something people have argued about for oh, like 10 years now. Um, and it's the whole, it's all crux. It's the whole, I mean, this is the core of the entire plot of this whole game, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, in the way, we, we've talked about this a couple times, right? Like, the plot is the cure, and the story is about, a, like, a yeah. man finding a daughter again. But, um, yeah, this, so this is essential to the whole plot. And this, the discourse has been, yeah, like, never-ending, literally. Oh, yeah, they keep going and going. So well, we, had, we had our own little discourse about it even after. Not against each other, but just, like, if it would even work if the doctor is reliable how much could this even if it works again yeah, i got a couple points here let's let's run them down of course i'm down real quick here okay so yeah so the first first and foremost is based off of what we get from 
Marlene here is like the question. The first question you got to ask is, do you really believe that the cure would work? That they could take something from her brain here and and properly make it into a cure? Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't, I think, I the, don't think they can. The way it's described in this actually sounds more. It, it They put it in a way here that actually makes me, I think, understand it a little bit more and, and seems a little more believable than, than necessarily in the game, right? Mm. Um, because what what it is, is they're not making a vaccine or a cure or anything like that. They are just growing. The idea would be they just grow that this particular kind of. strain of cordyceps that Ellie has, and then presumably they grow it and then intentionally... Expose people poison pe- or not poison, but infect people with it. Mm. So they would be infected with this strain that doesn't turn you into a zombie, but then prevents you from being turned into a zombie by the other ones, right? That yes. doesn't seem too crazy. I yes, I, I it's not too crazy on pair, but I don't know how well like if it would work that way in your brain anyway. You know what I mean? I agree. And again, we don't have as many of the fine details in mm-hmm. this as necessarily in the game, right? Because in the game, there's all these different notes you can find around the hospital that paint a picture of what's going on here that talk about how, you know, they've tried with multiple people before and it's never worked and how, um, like, I, I don't know if it's in this game or the next one maybe, but there's stuff about the doctor and, like, what creds are. I mean, he's, like, a biology major. Like, I don't even know if he was a surgeon. There's all these different details that, like, paint a picture of, like, oh... How competent were all these people involved, right? Yeah. Furthermore, it's been 20 years, so whoever is doing this, regardless of what they were before, they've not really been, you know... Keeping up. Keeping up with practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the equipment, the tools they're dealing with, what do they really have in this, you know, dilapidated hospital? All those are things to consider, right? Yeah. In terms of, could we effectively make this cure, right? But assuming we can, right? Yeah. The next the next logical step is if we say, okay, sure, you can make a cure. Check that box. Is like, can you mass produce it in a way that you could actually get it out to enough people? And again, if that is just growing cordyceps, I don't, I suppose. Yeah, I guess in I some know, it's way. It's weird. It, it, could it just like, would it almost take on a life of its own? Yeah, it, it might, yeah. I mean, the thing is like the way that the cordyceps strain that they, that the bad one is, is that it, you know. Turns you into zombies, and the zombies bite people and spread it like that. Yeah, get a hive mind. How would that one spread, or or what? I don't know. Mm. But it might be getting a little bit too in the weeds. Of in it. the weeds of it. So I guess if you assume, sure, we can also if we can make it, we can also mass make it. Yeah. Why not? Right. Um, but then another interesting thing I think is like, does it matter? Right. I think that's a really interesting like angle to come at it from. Is even if they can do it, should right? they do it? Would it have, but like, would it even fix everything, right? Right. Doesn't re- doesn't rebuild society. It's undeniable that the reason society collapsed is because of the cordyceps, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you can blame it on everything that's happened since. And you know, unfortunately, I think like the the picture of humanity that's painted in this show kind of suggests that they're too far gone, maybe. Oh yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough people left. We've talked about before to like build a society again. Yeah, it's like it. It would be so, or if they if they could, it would be very very long going. And like on some level, maybe it's just anything's better than nothing, right? Yeah, you just gotta try it like eventually. Just the survival of the human race. There's something sort of innate in like everyone where it's like we want to preserve that, right? Mm. Because what's the alternative? Is just like either the slow rebuild of the human race or the slow death, right? Yeah. Like, this presumably would just keep, like, I don't know, there, there doesn't seem enough of anything left otherwise, where, you know, I saw someone describe it as, like, humanity would just continue its death march. Yeah. 
and they would all buy eventually, right? And like on just some, yeah, I think intrinsic level, and everyone would probably like, oh, we want to avoid that, right? Yeah, we just want to keep it going we as long as possible. Don't want the human race to die. Yeah, anything's better than nothing, right? But again, it's just the you know, and I think the title of the show. We said this a couple of times, right? In, in jest or otherwise, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the last of us, because it really is, though. Like that's that's obviously the point of the show is that it's the last, you know, the the battered and broken, broken dregs remains. of humanity, mm-hmm. right? And most of it is rough. Like, the what is the best we see is Jackson, right? Which is good. They have a good thing going there. They seem like genuine, decent people. They're helping each other. They are they are the closest to, like, a functioning, decent society. But there are, like, 300 of them. I yeah, mean... It's not a lot. That's nothing, right? And they're, their systems are only going to work for so long. No it's one's making of, new yeah. electricity. And then, they'll have electricity for, like... Exactly. They'll have their own little golden age of technology, and then they'll fall right off. And it'll fall off. And then what? And then, then what? We have the the QZs, but those are kind of hellscapes. Unique. Yeah, in their own way, those are terrible, right? They're relatively safe. There's people who are existing at least, and they're like, you know, surviving on some level in mm-hmm. the most basic way. But to what end, right? It's, re- it's not really living. They're not really advancing. They're just like holding on. They're also just kind of yeah, spiraling. Like, just yeah, barely sort of maintaining, and then presumably just you know. The Boston one's the last stable one that we see, right? Yeah. And we don't get this as much in the in um, the show here, but like across the first and second game, there's like several QZs that you pass that are just gone. They're just done with. Like you know, at some point within the last twenty years, they've all collapsed. Almost all of them, right? Yeah. That Boston may be the last city that has any you know substantial human presence. Yeah, sense of structure from the old times. And then, like, after that, it's just, like, we got, like, some, you know, various marauders and raiders and shit that we hear about. Cannibals all And the then, place. yeah, maybe the, the <laughs> I guess the second or third best, depending on how we want to rank them, the group that we see is the cannibal people. Yeah. Who are like, oh, they got a good, they have a decent thing going. There's, like, women and children still. They're, like, you know, holding it down in that way. Like, they got some, you know. Continuation. Humanity left to them. But then it's just, like, oh. They were people. raised by, like, they they were led by, like, a psychopath pedophile guy and. Well, they were they were cannibals. <laughs> they yeah. really weren't doing that well. No, no. So it's like, what what does this cure fix, right? Because again, the problem is clearly on some level that the the cordyceps outbreak caused the collapse, and it's probably preventing humanity from being able to get a good you know foothold and and really start rebuilding again. But again, the cure, as it's described in this, would not necessarily help that all that much. Mm-hmm. I think genuinely, right? Because of a couple of things. Because the spores aren't a thing in this one, right? Yeah. It removes that danger that's present in the game, which is that, like, there's lots of buildings and places you just can no longer go. Because all the, all the, all the, the spores, air. right? And the other thing is, is like, they talk about a couple times in the show, and like you said earlier, this cure would not prevent you from being torn apart by the zombies oh, anyways. No. And again, it doesn't even prevent you from being, like, noticed by them. They, they go after Ellie all the same. Yeah. So, basically, even if you gave it to everyone, they're it, still outnumbered at some ridiculous rate compared to the zombies. It wouldn't, I honestly think it wouldn't surprise me if there was like, there has to be less than 1% of humanity left. Oh yeah. Honestly. At this point? Because 1% is a lot. It's one of those things, right? Like, that would still mean there was like 3 million people left in the US. This show does not I don't think suggests that. No, I especially by the end after Joel and Ellie rip rare through a bunch of places. <laughs> but even then, yeah. you're only talking about a few hundred people who die. Like, I don't, I don't know. Where's the most dense 
civilization. It just doesn't seem like there's much of anything left. Yeah, Boston's the most dense we see, and even that. How many people live in Boston? 2,000 people, maybe? Maybe, at most. And they're, I mean, they're probably dwindling. It is It is rough, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, in that, probably most of the people who are dead are also zombies by now. So, it's yeah. probably, it's easily, a, a, like, a, a 10 to 1. Probably much, much higher. But just, let's just, generous. It's a 10 to 1 ratio still of the, of the, you know, the infected. So, even if you can't get infected, you're not making any more, that's still a, a big problem to overcome. Right. It's like m- literally millions of zombies that you're going to have to kill. So it's like, does it matter? I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's it's a tough choice. And I think what's so fascinating about this is that I think that there's enough scattered throughout the show to like make you... Have that question. Have all these questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Because there's some people who kind of fall on either side of this sort of the big moral debate at the heart of this all. Which is, you know, so was Joel justified, quote unquote, in what he did or not? Um, and and too often people like want to make it out like they're just one or the other answer is just like the only valid like answer, like the the only you know reasonable yeah, conclusion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which that is not interesting. Like I said, I think it's cool that like you there's enough scattered throughout this to make your own opinion. Yeah, to make your own opinion and to and to sort of form multiple differing viewpoints that have have sort of evidence within the text but then when you're trying to say that like oh actually that other viewpoint doesn't that's that to me is dumb because it's very obvious that they there's a little bit of evidence to either one like some people just go straight up of like well no obviously the cure would work because that's the point i understand that on some level that Mm. like it is at the crux of this story so if you think that like oh there's no chance the cure would have ever worked at all it's obviously you know we're not even supposed to really believe that it could work. That doesn't make sense to me because then it's like, well, then what? What was the point of it? What all? is the point? Yeah. Yeah. But I also wouldn't agree with anyone who's like, oh, well, it's obvious that, you know, it totally would have worked and there's no moral, like, hang ups to it all. Right. Because I don't think that's true either because, again, like, there is enough scattered throughout this where it's like, I don't know, would it work? Like, is there enough of them? Is there. Again, would the Fireflies have been capable of this? Yeah. I really do think it's a genuine question that, like, I don't. If they didn't intend for this message to come through, then I guess they needed to do some different things throughout the story because I think it's a really genuine view and to be like, look, look how fucked up the whole, the whole game is about how fucked up the world is and all these different fucked up things that they see throughout it. Again, that kind of su- suggests that like it wouldn't matter. It paints a picture of a world that's too far gone anyways. Yeah. Again, the game's called The Fucking Last of Us. Like, Marley, I think that's Marley mentions that, that when he saved, when he's taking Ellie out, they're like, oh, what does saving her now even do? She's not going to die to us. She's going to die to an infected tearing her apart or the raiders killing her. Like, the world's too broken for, like, a child like her. Like, it's just fucked. Yeah, which, again, it, I feel like she's not even supporting her own argument. Yeah, it's like, of... what is the point of any of this? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing at the core of all of it that's so fascinating right is that this is all outside stuff for us as the audience right uh-huh. and i think what's really interesting is that all the shit i just rattled on about doesn't actually matter internally to this story no not at all because joel doesn't know or care or think about any of that any of that he just want ellie to die he just wanted to save ellie mm-hmm. and i think that's really interesting is that like again none of that mattered he you know all the shit we just talked about is like either he doesn't know about it. He like would have no way of knowing about it. Wouldn't care. Just or again, whatever you want to slice it. However you want to look at it, it it did not enter into his decision. He did not make the decision because of any of those reasons. Right. Any of the things that people argue about online of like, oh well, this and that, and well, technically, like Joel is you know 
it wouldn't have worked. So Joel did the right thing because they were going to kill her for no reason. He doesn't know that. Yeah, he has no previ- he has no knowledge of this. He he would have he wouldn't. Again, no. we don't. You cannot no one in the audience could definitively say one way or the other how it would have went. And certainly not Joel. Like and again, I think the ambiguity there is interesting to debate as the audience, but for the purposes of the story, it may as well not be ambiguous. Mm-hmm. You could just as easily say this will definitively work, no questions asked, right? In no uncertain terms, this will absolutely lead to all of humanity surviving. And Joel still would have done what he did. Yeah. It's almost, in a little bit of a way, it's almost selfish. It's um, absolutely selfish, yeah. I think. I don't think there's, I don't think self was like, that, I don't think it enters into it, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing people kind of get hung up on is they're like, well, he saved her, right? Like he did a good thing regardless. I, Not for her though. Cause she, I don't know if you can characterize it like that. No, because he did it because he didn't want to, he was too, I guess you could say too weak to go through losing I think a that's daughter exact, again. I think that's literally what we're meant to understand. Again, and that's why they added that scene and even to make it even more like obvious to anyone who would wonder is like, yeah, when he, he literally tells her about the last time his daughter died, he almost killed himself. I don't like surely it would be twice as bad this time. Like it would just compound. Like I don't, that is not the type of thing I I think a person can go through again. No, especially not after like all this time, all the horrible things they had to do and go through. Yeah. Everything. Like we've talked about all season, right? That this idea of, of you have these characters who, you know, are, are concerned about their, you know, their life and the life of people that they care about at the expense of all else, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not about morality and it's not about like justice that doesn't add into it. It's just about like me and mine, right? Yeah. All these characters who are like willing to do terrible shit in in the name of that. And you know, whether it's like um what's her name? Fuck. Marlene? Mar is no. Well, I guess Marlene's kind of that, but I was the girl in Kansas City or whatever. Oh, she's like, yeah. I'll kill you and your brother because I liked my brother more basically. <laughs> like yeah, he, he was no morality it there. It was destiny. Your That's brother just, was destined to die because yeah. he had leukemia like it's insane shit like that and it's the same kind of logic that like it's not there is no morality about it it's just because he doesn't want to go through with that mm-hmm. and the other thing like we repeatedly kind of saw the theme is that like if i can do that i'm gonna do it like that's that's what it all is everyone wants their again to defend them and theirs and the people who have the means to do so will right yeah like in kansas city is the probably the best microcosm of that throughout the season is that like the Fedra people were terrible to the people living in the QZ for years because they could be, because they were stronger and tougher and yeah. they had the, the might means. makes right. And then all of a sudden they didn't. They didn't have the might anymore and the revolutionaries took over and now they get to do horrible shit and they're torturing people and stringing them up in the streets and shit. It's kind of this. Is that they're like, we're going to kill your daughter and Joel's like, well, like you're going to have to go through me first. And yeah, they can't. Well, they can't. So I guess he gets he gets to he walk gets out to with her, me, obviously. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the way it goes in this world. Like, there is no morality and law and shit. It's all broken down. We talked about that, right? Like, it's just might makes right. Like, if you can get away with it, you can get away with it, I guess. Yeah. There is no outside force that's going to stop you. And if we've decided, like, we can take your daughter and kill her under, you know, inhumane, like, uh, under no circumstances, even if you do agree with the overall premise of it, right? That isn't ethical to, like, sedate someone and, and then kill them without asking <laughs> no and uh, not not fully informing them what's about to happen that's fucked under any circumstances i'm yeah. sorry like there's just no we wouldn't do that now certainly god no so yeah it's just it all it's just the perfect sort of um i think culmination of all the ideas and like themes throughout this show mm-hmm. that we we see and it, again it's about like love that they, they've, they've said this right the whole show is about love and the things you'll do for love 
And this is, that's just for Joel. It's like, he loves her. But again, it's not necessarily even the selfless, like, you know, I'll do anything for you kind of love. It's more like, I love you so much. I can't bear go to, on without you. I yeah. couldn't bear to lose you. So I'll do it. Like you said, I think it's completely selfish, especially because like Ellie makes clear, she, she would have wanted it basically mm. in no uncertain terms or in slightly uncertain terms, maybe. Ellie would have wanted it. And Marlene's right, right? Like, she says that. She's like, well, what would Ellie want? She's right. Ellie would want this. Like, again, as she goes into it, like, she would like her life to have meaning, and this is how she feels that it would. Yeah. And, you know, he he didn't give her that chance. Like, she would not be into that. That's why he lies to her at the end. Yeah. You know, and it's, again, it's purely from him. Like, I guess the other thing is, if it's not for sort of vengeance, right, the people act for survival in this show. And that's what Joel did, ultimately. Because, again, I don't think he would have survived oh, losing Ellie. No, no. It's not, you know, it's survival and, you know, in different terms. But I think if Ellie had, had died, he would have he would have followed her, you know. Mm. Surely as if they had just, like, fucking knelt him down and executed him kind of thing. So yeah. what he did was survival, just like all the other heinous shit people have done. And that he's done. Throughout the show. And that he's done throughout the show. It's the same thing. It's like he did what he needed to do to survive on some level. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting stuff that really makes you think. I that's how I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I just like I said, I don't understand anyone who just can look at it in two dimensions of just oh well, Joel was in the right because he did what he, he did a good thing. He saved the girl from the bad guys, and it's like it's you can't simple. think it's that simple. Yeah, you can't watch the whole thing and be like, nope, totally cut and dry like that. He saved the yeah. There's so many people who ironically think that of just like well, Joel was completely one hundred percent justified, especially after the Henry stuff we get. Right. Of that, where it's very clear, like, I did a thing that I thought was bad, but I did it because I thought it was good. Like, it's very clearly mirror. They, I mean, it's very, I mean, they mirror each other. Yeah, that's again, the that's fucking point. Every single interaction that they have with other people, basically, throughout the season is, is reflecting off of them in some way. And it, mm-hmm. again, it all kind of culminates in this. This is the, yeah, the culmination of all these ideas of, like, how do, how do, you know, do we exist in this world? And, like, yeah, either one. Either one who, anyone, and pe- people go a little far with this of, like, oh, actually, clearly people just hate Joel. No one hates Joel. Nobody who watches this show or played the game actually dislikes Joel and are like, yeah, I hate him and I think he's just the villain and I like fucking, you know, dogging on him. It's like, no. I, I, right? Like, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. People, obviously, everyone likes Joel, but you can still be like, what he did is an objectively bad thing. Yeah, he did a wrong Listen, thing. here's the thing. Here's my thing. Is even if you think the absolute worst of the scenario, right? And mm-hmm. that you think that these guys are basically they're just maniacs, they're incompetent butchers, they run a killer for literally no benefit. Yeah. He still kills so many people that it it, it almost ceases to be a good thing under most surely almost any like, you know, utilitarian moral metric fra- framework. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's just yeah, it goes both ways, I guess, right? It's the same kind of thing where it's like if you think it's not okay to kill one person to save millions because like that's just the you know in the in the whole like all of his trolley thing. problem of it all mm-hmm. right of like well yeah maybe humanity is going to die out but that's that's the trajectory it's on like you don't get to decide that you are going to kill this girl to try to stop that right yeah. because now you're actively <laughs> doing a thing right if you but if you flip that it's like well you can kill, you kill those people can you kill a hospital full of people to save one girl active like that you just want yeah passively if he if joel had done nothing she would have died and instead he chose to do the active thing of killing like 30 people yeah and as we know in part two that might may or may not come to bite them all it may indeed and so like yeah e- even under most or a lot at least of like 
ethical like sort of frameworks that still doesn't work oh yeah no, no, killing no. 30 people to save one person is still kind of fraught like p- morally of like i don't know i still don't think that works like that's mm. not really what you would call justified no, in not those at cases. All. again i mean I, it depends how you think of it and what your personal like values are and again i think that's why it's so interesting but like i said i just can't understand the people who go either way so I, I really think there's less of a like, oh, Joel's just evil thing. I don't, I don't think anyone really believes that. I think people realize that he's, you know, it's complex and it's, mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing. But there is people who aren't around because just like, oh, he's completely irredeemably right. Yeah. And it's like, what is the point then of this whole thing? If you really believe that, then why? What, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? That's not. That isn't interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like, yeah, he saved the ch- the girl from the bad people. That's not. That, there's nothing to that. That's not fun. Yeah, there's nothing to think about. It's just yeah, there's nothing to think about there. It's just like oh, okay, pretty cut and dry. Like yeah, I don't know. People, I saw people being like, yeah, he he clearly the 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 big arc here was that Joel did something wrong in the beginning and he had to redeem himself. He didn't though. Yeah, what maybe you... he thinks that way in his own mind. I don't know, but like Joel didn't do anything wrong in the beginning. He didn't fail his daughter. That was out pretty much everything outside. Yeah, of that his guy control. just shot her. That was outside of his control. So I understand that. Yeah, maybe in his own like trauma-ridden mind he'd be like oh i can't you know fail another daughter but that's not what's happening here no yeah so it doesn't it just doesn't work yeah have some weird ideas going and it, and it just comes from an inherent want to be like well i like joel and i want him to be right i want him to be right mm-hmm. i don't want to deal with the <laughs> fraught morality of this all which again i can understand on some level but to me that just makes it le- less interesting like i got no problem being like joel's a cool guy or whatever and like he's our he, see listen here's the thing I like. I wanted him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't want Ellie to die. Obviously, we're attached to them. Because we watched the show. I mm-hmm. mean, listen. I can be like, what he did is bad, and he probably doomed humanity, maybe. But also, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want them to kill Ellie mm. for what to see a season two where Joel's just a even more broken man. If he's even alive. Yeah. Like, what is that? Of course not. Of co- listen, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we wanted him to save Ellie. And on some level, there's some part of you that's like, yeah, get him, Joel. Like. But also, it is terrible. And that's the other thing, people being like, oh, the, why do they make it look like such a bad thing with the with the music and the camera work? And, oh, they even have a scene where Joel, you know, he stabs somebody and he double taps somebody and he's executing people on the ground and all. But why, why do they got to be so? And it's just like, again, it is a bad thing. Like, I don't understand how you could yeah. possibly just be like, why do they got to Why do they gotta emphasize how bad it is? Isn't that a bit on the nose? Of course it is. He kills a hospital full of people. Yeah, how more yeah. on the nose can you be? I just, I don't understand how you could, again, unless you have it in the most simplistic terms of like, they're the bad, they're the baddies. Yeah. Wearing big skull and crossbones on their chest. I don't know. Like, if you replace this, if you replace them all with stormtroopers, <laughs> it would still be a bit like, who? He's really going hardcore. If, really... if Cassian Andor next season goes around and executes a whole ship full of, if they executed all the prison guards in the prison in Andor, he'd be like, whoa, hold on. He'd still be like, oh my goodness. Hey, going a bit far here, aren't you, Andor? <laughs> like, it'd be, mo- it'd yeah. be morally dubious at best. Um, exactly. On some level, you, just, you can't, killing a bunch of people should always be bad. Be bad. No matter what they've done to other people. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Basically, that's the long and short of it, I think. I think so, too. But, again, I do think it's fascinating, and I love that it, like, has this much depth to it. And this is, again, I, I think Craig Mazin's on the money that, like, this is why it's so enduring. It's, like, this debate, right? Yes. This, like, question of it all and all this, these questions of morality that it brings up. Because otherwise, it'd just be like, yeah, we did it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, got anything else? I got not about Ellie. Yeah, Joel, I think. Mike makes right. I have it written right here. The only other thing I was going to say is like that 
this thing I said last week where Joel in his like torture mode is like a new kind of version of him we'd seen. Yeah. Where like it's this combination of hardcore apocalypse survivor Joel and also dad Joel. Focus energy. That's this whole scene, right? To oh, the yeah. absolute maximum. Because he's also healed now, I guess. Yes. And that's that's why he's able to do this, right? Again, as much as it's like he just killed 20 people like it was nothing or whatever. But, you know, story-wise, that's why. He's at full strength. He's at full strength. He's the most hardcore he's ever been because he's so, made it through so much and he's survived 20 years of the apocalypse. But also he has the absolute most to lose and the most like determined, pure drive. focus that he could ever have. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a he's a man of pure commitment and, a, and sheer fucking will. Sheer fucking will. Focus, commitment, and sheer fucking will is mm. Joel in this scene. So it's like, yeah, of course he gets them all. <laughs> yeah, he, he, no other way. He's the most hardcore man any of them have ever seen, and the last guy they've ever seen. And also, they have his daughter now. So of course, like, yeah. there's only one way for that to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff, man. Oh yeah, great show. Really excited. enjoyed it. You're excited for season two, and uh, I am. 100 uh, years? I don't know, next decade? Yeah, I'll be ready for it. I'll wait. I'll freeze myself cryily. That's, that seems like the only way we're going to get through these all at this point. Absolutely. I, I saved a quick little thing. There's a couple of the things that are supposedly going to be in season two. You ready? Yeah. Um, This is just a random guy on Twitter, so maybe this is all lies. But that's Ooh, all right. I love possible lies. Um, we'll be different from the games. Sounds about right. Um, Bella Ramsey will return as Ellie, of course. <laughs> well, I guess that was up in... Because we kind of talked about this, right? You and I talk about off-pod is like, you know the the kind of the 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 double edged sword they've done here of of casting a nineteen year old as a fourteen year old is that she's a really good actor and and I have all the benefits of being nineteen portraying a fourteen year old is that well I think a lot of nineteen year old actors are better actors than yeah fourteen year olds absolutely but then the drawback is that by casting a nineteen year old that looks fourteen to be the fourteen year old now look next season when they need to be nineteen twenty nineteen twenty they are still going to kind of look. Kind of, I mean, Bill is just a very tiny person, so they'll figure it out, though. They probably just put makeup on her, make her look. But yeah, older. but it says Bell Ramsey will return, so we got that. Uh, more Infected will cover The Last of Us Part 2 story, but it will not be the whole second game. Oh, really? Yeah, filming could start as early as this year. Um, new f- kinds of Infected are coming, sure. Um, expand upon the tendrils. Could see the inclusion of spores, and then it'll supposedly be changing perspectives between Abby and Ellie. Ooh. Um, who's Abby is the other main playable character in Last part, of two. part two. It will have side character stories like Bill and Frank, i.e. blah, blah, blah. Um, release date will probably be 2024 to 25. I don't, I would be like, there's, no, there's no way it's next year. It's no. got to be 25 at the earliest. Because it, took for, it took 200 days to shoot this first it took one. It almost a year to film this. <laughs> it literally took just to film. And then edit. And... To be fair, the post was shorter on this because... I guess it's not a post. I mean, a lot of this is just them standing around in flannels in the does in the snow. Like that's the benefit of filming for two hundred days on location is that you know the, edit, you the know, CGI a lot of that. So or at least not as much. I don't know. It's probably one of those things where there's a million things. Are CGI. I guess anytime they're in a city, I always assume with the cityscapes and the highways all the jungle. And shit, yeah, those are all got to be. But still, um, it only took them like six months post because they just filmed finished like mid last year. Mm-hmm. So that's good at least. But if it takes them, yeah anywhere near as long to film it that's at least a it's about 18 months yeah because they're reaching from when they start <laughs> so, yeah more or less so even if they unless you started like in a couple months i don't i don't see how it could make it uh 24 but mm-hmm. uh time skip there's a time skip in the game right, so of course sense. um yeah that's about it so good stuff again if it's out for it i'd be very excited again it's hard to like it's tough with these man just because it's like well sh- uh, should i be 
I know this won't be out for a million years. So, so I'm why not? Why get excited really now? Really temper it, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we'll watch him. Oh yeah, we definitely will. We're still around then. No, yeah, yeah. The whatever resource wars or whatever haven't started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The heat death of the universe, whichever one. Whichever one goes first. One of them's close. I can feel it. Uh, so I think all I gotta say. Did you want to do a, the whole season here? I don't. Know, I keep I keep dragging this out, but uh, what do we? What, I guess we, do we say like what we think of it all? Oh, uh, as a season, I think it was very solid. I think it was, it was excellent. excellent. Right? Oh, absolutely. If that wasn't obvious by like as much as we've talked about it, but yeah, this weekend, every other, I mean, every other week prior, but yeah, I absolutely thought the show was incredible. It's like I always say, we always just. I like everything. Well, I don't know. Until I guess we it's don't. Not true, because there's lots of stuff that we're just kind of like, that was pretty good. We're, we're middle of the road about. Like Shazam, we're middle of the road about. Yeah, we're pretty middle of the road about. But often it feels like when we like something a lot, we just are pretty uncritical of it. And we're just like, man, here's all the things I liked. And all the bad things are not really that bad if you think about it logically. I don't even notice. And if we hate it, it's like, this thing is the worst thing we ever watched. And if you think it's good, there's no redeeming qualities you're to a, in the slightest. You're a blind fan, but we hate if you. If you've ever even, if you cracked a smile at any point during this film, you're you're a subhuman. <laughs> you're a gaff machine a barely literate gaff machine so yeah again I, this is a show that we were pretty effusive with our praise mm-hmm. like Andor and House, House of the, the Dragon, Dragon and shit where every time we would just be like woo Ooh, this is incredible we loved it oh my god I loved it so much here's all the things we loved but about yeah, it it's pretty excellent man I don't know again HBO I guess they know how to make TV shows man they really do and I'd probably give it a um, you know an infected out of an infected how did, how did you find it in particular just because it was like all new to you? Like I, I knew most of this going in, right? But this was a, fr- a fresh experience for you for the most part. Yeah, I, I was a fan. I, I, didn't, I was never too confused. I didn't feel like That's I was ever missing out on stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it was it's good. It was excellent. They did a very good job. So as long as we keep that energy going. That's the other thing that's so goofy to me about people who like f- flipped on The Last of Us because of part two. Mm-hmm. And they're like, these, especially when they want to be like, these guys, they're... You know, the writers are talentless hacks and shit because it's like it's the same guy. It's been the same guy all the way through. Yeah. He was a showrunner on this. He, you know, was the, the writer director of the game. He's the you know writer director of the second one. He's like president of Naughty Dog or whatever the fuck he is. So like I don't know. It's all the same dude. So yeah. I can't imagine how there's gonna be a drop in writing. I think it's gonna probably be just as good. I mean, not that that's obviously sometimes stuff gets worse mm-hmm. even with the same creatives behind it, but. uh I don't see that happen. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. I told you, um, but I'll say it on here. Like, I because of the hype around the show and stuff, I watched another like let's play of the second game again, mm-hmm. and I really I did enjoy it a lot more the second time through. Without you know, it's one of those things where like with the preconceived sort of notions gone and the you know expectations tempered, adjusted, yeah, tempered. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's and you know what you're going to expect, and and you don't you're not expecting what you wanted, but what you know you. It's like I always say, I think this is important, is like taking the, facing the story on its own terms, right? Yeah. Basically. So I think I did a lot of that with this the second go through and I was like, this is actually pretty stellar. There's oh, yeah. a lot of strengths here. So I will be excited to see how they do it. I'm excited to see how they navigate it and stuff. I'm not excited for the fans. No, they're probably going to be the worst as they always are. I don't know are. if you remember. I don't know if you. I did. I heard some stuff when this game came out. People were freaking out with the fan. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. The the truly the best comparison is the so Last that, Jedi, right? In a lot of ways, in both that they're probably misunderstood masterpieces, both of them, and also just yeah that like the the misunderstanding took the form of like uh, just incredible vitriol. Like oh, absolutely. 
on a level that you rarely see. Uh, you know, uh, see, the internet's full of hate, but it's just it's rarely so focused. No, as yeah. it was for like the Last Jedi and like The Last of Us, and it's it's just it's it's actually uncanny, honestly, some of the similarities, in, both in terms of the stories themselves, and then in terms of the yeah the reaction. And they both like, start with the last in the title. They totally do. Wow. Isn't that something? That's maybe something. But like the fact that like in both cases they want to go after like the the direct dude where it's like Ryan Johnson, I I hate you as a man and I want to kill you and I hate everything you do and I'm gonna come to your house and, and like, beat you. Neil Druckmann, I I literally would I would kill you if I could. <laughs> I'd shoot you in the street, walk down Fifth Avenue, I'd shoot you and lose a vote. Just stuff like like they just get so vitriolic about the the individuals involved and it's like you're. You're just a crazy person. Oh, yeah. You're unhinged. Come on. Don't do that. What are you talking about? The internet's about? not... You, go outside. Talk to anybody else. Maniac. Chronically online fucks. Okay, just a, see, every so often you got to pull that card. Listen, we, we clearly like our, our stuff as much as the next guy. Really more than most people. Yeah, because we clearly. talk about it make everybody listen to us. But every so often you got to just pull the like, my guy, it's just a... It's just it's just a video game, my yeah, guy. We what don't care doing? that much about this. If someone really tried to fight us in advance, we'd be like, hey, man, you don't got to listen to the show. That's, yeah, that's that's the stage I'm at in my life now. And I think there's that, a time where I'd argue people about my opinions, but I just couldn't. I just can't I be bothered. Ima- I couldn't imagine doing that now. I f- I'd feel so embarrassed. I'd be like, God, now I got. I'm like, Ugh. anyone. If a real human ever challenged me on them, other than you, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, okay, okay. You know what? That's fair. I appreciate that your opinion is valid too. I yeah, guess that's fine, man. Like. We can have a sip. I can't imagine we're going to change each other's opinions here, though. So let's just agree to Scientifically speaking, you can't. You can't change someone's opinion through an argument. So don't do it. <laughs> they actually proved it. Sounds you, right. You only, yeah. can change, you only can change your own mind through lived experiences. You can't. Someone can't debate you out of an opinion. Uh-huh. I don't know how to feel about that. It feels good and bad. Hey, know? I can't convince so, you how you can feel about it. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of feel good and bad? <laughs> oh, yeah. So on some level, it's like, yeah, you can't just yell at someone to get them to change their mind. That feels good, but also it feels like the fl- it's like nothing you can do can get someone to yeah. change their mind. And, and it's that, like, oh, that doesn't feel as it's depending what is you know it depends what their opinion is, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's like, well, have it's ever happened to me? It, I always think that I'm right, but it's because I've not lived enough to change my own opinion. It's a lot there. What do I do with that? You know? Ooh, which way, Western man? <laughs> Will you fight? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, good. All right. Better than the alternative. Perishing like a dog. So we'll probably wrap it up right about here because we're rambling. Yeah, we are a little. A little bit. It's good stuff. Though. It was worth it. No, I wanted worth. to make sure I got everything out. No, that's eh, it's important. Because we won't talk about this show for... Ever. We'll talk about it in January or December of this year. Fucking oh, yeah, yeah, we will. Six, nine <laughs> months from now. Sure. Uh, and then never again until 2025. <laughs> so, Or when the trailer comes out in 2024, we'll it talk about so it. sounds so unbelievably far away. It does. But it'll be here before we know it. Right after Ron DeSantis becomes president of the United <laughs> States. And wouldn't this be an eerie episode to come back to if that becomes true? Mo Meatball Ron in the flesh. God bless him. So we'll wrap it up right about here. As always, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts or on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. That's J-A-Z. On Gmail at ArchitectJazz.com or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Logo, uh, Jeffrey Gonzalez. Instagram, Incotion.jpg. You know the drill. Uh... Logo, Celery Salts, you can find them on Spotify and SoundCloud. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night, and Godspeed.